Hello, everyone, and welcome by the fireside. This is the Black Pants Legion podcast, and we have a nice roaring fire for you guys. We actually made a fire for this podcast. We're sitting around on the couch doing a podcast. I'm not sure where this is going to air. We usually shoot a few of these ahead of time, but... I'm guessing sometime around Christmas or New Year's. December. It's mid-December. Mid-December. Has the country fallen apart yet? It probably has. But don't worry. It already has. There's BPL (laughs) podcast. It always has. Don't, yeah. This this, this is just part of America. (laughs) So, today we are going to answer questions. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing the questions. Or is that fireplace or just the sound of America? Uh, Anyway. No. God. Positivity, please. Positivity. Yeah. Positivity. So. um, I just put shell noises in the background. (laughs) 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 We're recording this in November. So if you're listening to this in December, this is the last questions podcast that we'll do for emailed questions. Yeah. What what we're basically doing is we've decided we're not going to take any more written questions. We're going to tank them all on Anchor FM. Uh, the So if you go to Anchor FM for Black Pants Legion, just yeah. Google Anchor FM Black Pants Legion. You can leave voicemail there. And they and sound great, by the way. They sound great. So we're going to start using that. It's it's, a lot. We sound like we're advertising something to like sell to people. It's not. Yeah, it's we like, make no we're literally making our job. You make our lives a lot easier with this podcast if you do that for us because reading through the emails is tough because there's a lot of stuff you guys want to say that we can't just record because it would be like a 15-hour podcast. Yeah, so the the Q&A thing, we're going to go straight to just people calling in. And uh, yeah, so go to Anchor FM, Black Pants Legion. We don't make any money off that thing. So don't think we're trying to advertise it or anything. We're not no. partnered with anybody. Uh, we're brought to you if by. If there was me. money, how do you make money on that? They'll, they'll throw in advertisements. I um, they they gave me like a fifteen minute spiel on it, and at the end of it, I said no. <laughs> They're like, like, whoa, what? How dare you? Uh, no, I, I've got you a fan base. Don't want money? Nope. No. I, no, my money comes from the fans. Uh, that's uh, you know, that's all I need. And you yeah. know your day job. I have a day job. Yeah, we all have one. Which yep. we're all very proud to have in in these Way positive, to rub it in, positive, positivity. Positivity. I'm very lucky to have very, a job. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, from a radiated slag heap. Hey, Tank. Sorry, this is a longer one. I've been listening to the podcast recently, and I'm really just an absurd amount behind. But I've caught up enough to learn about the Tank Nights. You're sitting on gold there. That is fucking brilliant, my dude. I would play the actual fuck out of that. Like, just imagine, instead of a squire, you've got your gunner and the rest of the crew. Instead of your retinue of dudes who carry your armor and feed your horse, you've got your maintenance guys, your fuel train, your ammo suppliers. Maybe you're a poor and landless knight and your tank crew is the train. And you just roam around the countryside looking for an employer who can fuel you and rearm you. Maybe every specialized round you have is like a magic arrow in your quiver. Expensive as all fuck, but it's there when you need a no shit button. Maybe you're a rich guy and you have a retinue half a mile long and you've plated your tank in gold and become old and fat and bald. Maybe the gold is there to hide just how fucked up your tank has gotten and you quake in your boots every time you need to take it out for a patrol again because you know it's held together at this point by spit and bubblegum. Maybe you're just a public figure at this point, roaming around and showing off how rich and powerful you are because you can sell the lie that bandits will stay away for another year. (laughs) Maybe some jackasses managed to get an actual attack helicopter running and you need to go play St. George. 
You lure it into canyons or into an abandoned city where it needs to fly between buildings and you pray you can put a shell through it before they blow you to smithereens. That's your dragon, and it's a battle for the ages. Maybe, just maybe, you've recovered an ancient tank of a long-forgotten hero, and sure, time wasn't kind, but your mechanic has magic hands and has managed to get it running mostly okay. Maybe you get to run wild banking on the tank's reputation because it damn well has a reputation. That paint job is fucking famous. And maybe you run into a situation where now you need to back that reputation up. And this right here is the moment that will make or break you. Decide whether you'll be a legend or just another charbroiled corpse in a shell. Absolutely fucking genius, man. I'd love to see you and the others run a game like that. See you around. From Irradiated Slank Heap. Yeah, that's kind of what we were thinking with Tank Knights. We were thinking something like post-apocalyptic. Um, and we were, we were thinking a little bit of Mad Max and a little bit of fantasy. And just playing it right in the middle. Uh, but the the thing is, do you make that an RPG or do you make that a miniatures war game? We were thinking on it. Because if you, if you do the miniatures war game, then it becomes codex creep, build new models, and constantly get people to chase uh, the, the money and sculpts and all that other stuff. And you become a certain evil organization. Um, but if you make it an RPG, you'd have to make combat also fast and fun, not just skill bloat and misery. So... Yeah, that is kind of what we've been talking back and forth about thank, or Tank Knights, but uh, I'm going to have to speak with Mr. Welch, the uber nerd of uber nerds, to uh, figure out how to give that some legs. Goat, any idea on Tank Knights? Well, you know, if, make, if we're going to make it an RPG, don't make it just about the Tank Knights. Make it about the support. You could do like the Ars Magica thing where there's like the supporting cast people. Like, you know, you have your Tank Knight. And then each of the tank knights has a, you know, a couple of close companions which are controlled by another player character. Oh yeah. And then you have all your like, you know, shitty disposable minion guys which are controlled collectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an NPC pool. Yeah. Um, and that that would be kind of interesting as well because you you uh, your classes or archetypes could not only be the tank commanders, which you know have your bonuses to spotting and calling out commands and stuff like that, but. All your other archetypes are people in the tank. So you can be different gunners from different gunnery schools that have different traits yeah. and different loaders and mechanics. Well, that and, you know, tanks never tanks never fight on... I'm not this on the love of military, you know, history and tactics knowledge you have, but tanks usually don't fight unsupported. Correct. So, you know, there you go. You have, like, yeah. you know, mechani- motorized or mechanized uh, personnel carrier drivers. You have, you know, whatever... Uh, anti-tank infantry yeah this this could be interesting because yeah. the anti-tank infantry would be like the uh uh italian mercenaries you'd find who had crossbows and mm-hmm. you know pavis shields Lance and connect. stuff like that yeah you'd find a lot of guys who are just like fuck the royalty yeah but, or you know how uh Lance connects would often not necessarily throw the fight but they'd like you know extend the conflicts or make the fights more showy and less deadly and so they could both keep you know the money going what if you? What if Tank Knights did that as well? Like they did oh, some WWE. Oh yeah, watch me blow up this castle, which you know was just assembled on the spot. Yeah. Cheaply. Oh, absolutely. Very showy. Yeah. Very very showy. I, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. An age of tanks and knights. Night fight city. Night fight city. I look forward to uh, 
hearing what soundtrack we come up for that because it seems like we're building an OST for it now. Oh, okay. For for Knife Fight City, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be all synth and guitar. But for, but for Tank Knights, it, it's there's you need that, horns. No, you need Knights of Sidonia. Uh, <laughs> that that song has to be the intro to that as tanks charge into battle. We get Michael Giacomo. Just oh, to like yeah. to, just to do that that like little distant French horn. Yeah, but he's so good. No, no, but I I love I love his stuff for yeah. um what was it? Uh, Medal of Honor. Medal of Honor. Fort Schmerzen. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> so dun, good. Dun. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. All right, so next up from Travis. Hi Texan crew, longtime fan and I've always enjoyed the madness that follow you and the Legion when I first suggested you making history videos after one of your old rant videos i didn't expect you to start doing battle tech but i've been thoroughly um, enjoying learning about a new universe and the videos are amazing my question is this what if instead of primaris marines comma thunder warriors question mark already established in the lore bigger stronger more aggressive than the marines since no gene seed no flaws such as the black rage and unlike orcs they have a built-in off switch Call spends time researching them, giving them a better genetic stability and lifespan than spends millennia churning them out for when things go point-shaped along the side, large stockpiles for the real marines to use when needed. They last for a crusade, acting as a meat shield for the marines. They burn out and die, and the marines step in and take over. So, guard? Yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I think you basically described the guard. Um I can see the application. I can see you can make it interesting if uh, you know they're designed that way, but then they start to become a power unto themselves as well. Yeah, like um, Marines, almost like a um, a slave revolt. Like yeah. you, like you would have the gladiator revolt, like Spartacus, you know, or like, just a mercenary revolt, or the the or you know Roman terms, uh, they bring in federati and shit, and they start uh, especially towards the later empire with like client kings and shit, and they start uh, requiring more. Uh, concessions in exchange for their service yeah yeah land title deeds rulership yeah no 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 Imperium starts to, to splinter and you're able to continue that narrative of the whole universe being splintered so anyone can fight anyone without having to do and then the sky split it in half because uh space is two-dimensional as we all learned in science class space is also full yeah, that's why fuck, I, off, fuck off we're full thank you Stellaris I really don't like how uh, a lot of sci-fi will just have like these big mega battles and I'm like space is pretty big like why do y'all have to like bunch up over here yeah it's, why don't you fly your big fucking fleet around the other big fucking fleet well that's that's the only thing that Star Wars uh, did right was like there's Coruscant and there's a big fucking battle of, above Coruscant why well there's an objective a city yes. and there's an ob- and there's two sides fighting over it yes that makes sense mm-hmm. but when you have like deep space two fleets meeting one-on-one it'd be like no you'd be making a beeline for their planets to bomb them yes <laughs> and just be like well they'll come home to nothing yes they can eat ash <laughs> exactly all right hi there ty here this is my hope that somehow or other this will make its way to text it has I have never really tried reaching out or anything, but I think I have found a dude on YouTube that he or anyone else in the Legion might get a kick out of looking at. I am in no way, shape, or form associated or affiliated with this dude. The channel is LynxVGL and is linked as, and he gave me the link. Have you looked at this link? I did. I gave you the name in case you don't trust clicking any link sent to you by some rando on the internet, wise and kind. 
The primary video I thought you might pique your interest is called Lost Tech, the Battletech Center, 30 Years of Heavy Metal Mayhem. So he basically went over those uh, Tesla pods and the Lost Tech pods and all, all those Sims that were so cool back in the day. I remember spending a lot yeah, of time. Yeah, you linked me to that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. actually really good. Yeah, the video goes into how the centers came into being with a bunch of the original creators. It is a recorded Zoom call that has these guys talking about the evolution of everything. The channel also has some of the old footage from the videos the editor might get some mileage out of for any Battletech future videos. There's a training video on with, I shit you not, Judge Reinhold, and I think the dude who'd play Long Duck Dong... <laughs> Plus Weird Al. What a time to be alive. If only you could get something like this for MechWarrior 5, and for that game not to be on Epic. And, and also P to be good. And for PGI to be halfway <laughs> decent. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought you might like to know about this if you were not already aware of Sign Tai. Yeah, we're aware of those centers. I used to play in them. Yeah, I've only seen them on the uh, television, but I've never... I've seen them when I was a kid, like, on TV, but they, I, ne I never knew they were cool. real. They were so cool. I thought they were advertising, like, a toy or something that you could have at your house. I didn't no. know they were, like, a real place. No, you had to go there. They were expensive. Yeah. These uh, guys need more subs. Holy shit. Yeah. There's, yeah, go hook them up. Yeah. Yeah. Links VGL. Those, those kinds of things help Links, inspire uh, people L to keep doing it. Links as in the feed line. L-Y-N-X. VGL. Go out there. Subscribe, check out the video, and thumbs up and say Tech sent you. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Texan guests. You have been promoted to the Admirals of BPL Fleet Command. Your first task is to reclassify the ships of the BPL Intergalactic Fleet. Give the following class designation and naming convention. 1. Corvette. 2. Frigate. 3. Fast Battleship. 4. Carrier. 5. Destroyer. 6. Dreadnought. An example that he gives us would be the Ramses-class fast battleship named after countries on Earth. Good luck, Zinthar. P.S. I was going to make it a voice submission, but apparently talking is hard. Yes, it is. So, uh, Zinthar, you're in the Legion. You can talk to us. Yeah. So, come so, on. Yeah. So let's let's. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, dude. Let's, okay. So Corvettes. <laughs> uh, I, I okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off. Ankle Biter class Corvettes. Yeah, mm. that's pretty descriptive. Yeah, yeah. It's, and 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 they would be named after breeds of small dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they'd be like, "This Dachshund. is Dachshund yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> this is Wiener Dog actual." <laughs> um, frigates. Um, I I would name them after uh, famous frigates from history. So you'd you'd have like Constitution and stuff like that. Tall ships, ships of the line. As far as a class name, uh, I. I'd be calling it just patrol class frigate because that's what it's going to be doing. Yeah. Um, now, fast battleships. Uh, that's kind of. I would just name them after cars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they'd be like, yes, this is the Corvette. And they're like, well, that's actually a ship class. And you're like, or is it? Yes. It's a Corvette class. Yes. Oh. So, so you'd name them after cars, so you're like, ah, yes. The, the Honda Civic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's a, it's, it's a fast ship. It's just really tuned. I, for fast battleships, I would name them after... The like, Ford Focus. <laughs> no. I, I, I would name them after Warlords, so they'd be yeah. like, this is the Marshal Zukov. This is the... This is the General Dogmeat. Yeah, this, this is, is a general butt naked. Yes, this is this is Genghis Khan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you know, yeah. this this yeah, is the uh, Guderian. 
Heinz Wilhelm Guderian. I mean, just name them after famous warlords. That's what I named all the tactical ships in the Star Trek game after, like the Zukov in the beginning. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. Generals generals and historical warlords. Yes. Um, All right. So carriers for class, for a class name. uh, The magic school bus. I was going to say name them after (laughs) fictional moms. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The Brenda the, class? The SS. <laughs> no, no. The SS Mrs. Incredible. Oof. <laughs> Is it, it has a dump truck aft. <laughs> no. For, oh, my That's God. God. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, for, for carriers, I'd... I'd okay. The, the SS Stacy's mom. No. <laughs> it's got good. it going on. Yes. Okay, how, how about the FedEx class carrier? Because okay. we drop garbage on you. <laughs> That'd be like a bomber. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, it carries a bunch. Ah, okay. Yeah, no, no. The Prime. Yeah. <laughs> the Fulfillment Center. The I, ful- oh, the Fulfillment well, Center I, class carrier? Yes. We deliver. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I named one of the uh, carriers in the VTOL thing uh, Alexa Prime for the uh, Amazon carrier ship. What what about the Bezos class carrier? Oh no, the Bezos. It's just a Honda Civic. No, it would it, <laughs> it, it would inspire fear. Yeah. Okay. It and, would be like that thing Lex Luthor was fucking flying. Oh yeah. Or not flying that little yacht he was in. Yeah yeah yeah. No, it, it would be it would be a Bezos class carrier. You got a pool table on a yacht, like dude. Just put <laughs> just just lump Bezos in with the battleship class we're using. We're naming after warlords. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm. That's, okay. that's what he is. Oof. What about uh okay yeah it, like w- the U.S. the S.S. Pinkerton oh yeah. all right know. all right so but but for like specific ship names I would name it after um, presidents or you can you name know? them after well, how about this you name them after historical armies the S.S. Uh-huh. Legion the S.S. Uh, Golden Horde oh that's a good one yeah yeah Golden Horde or Grand Armee or yeah no 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 I'm I'm with you okay for destroyer destroyers typically have names of uh, you know what for class hmm scrambles class scrambles class destroyer and it's named everything scrambles says scorpion Scorpion, earth rock punch (laughs) needle no like um okay dreadnoughts dreadnoughts have to be they're the, the big giant starships they they need name them after 40k dreadnoughts no <laughs> no no I, I i i would name them after things you feel like <laughs> auditor class dreadnought you will be audited oh that's not so oh no the public cl- public speaking class dreads oh no what what about um oh god the you, clown <laughs> <laughs> We're sending the clown. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Send in the clowns. No, I know, you know what my dreadnought would be if I had a Starfleet? It, it'd just be a, sh- a planet cracker. So I'd call it Nutcracker class dreadnought. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. So you just send it in. You're like, send in the Nutcracker. And the enemy's like intercepted your communications and they go. Yeah. They're like. That's the jammer. They turn that on and it's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. Yes. Yeah. That's the jammer. That's all they hear as they just see like a continent get lifted up like 30,000 feet and then they drop it. That's some JRPG shit. Dude, oh, I it, drop cities on cities. Yeah. The problem with the JRPGs is that the planet still survives when they do it. Yeah. Ugh. JRPGs can be fun at times, though. I, I, I can find some fun in them, but they definitely level up on the uh, 
weird scale there. Yes, they do. All right. Thank you, Zinther. Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone is doing well here. Here is the question, particularly for Mr. Tex. Did you have any additional thoughts or musings considered the path through life that Elizabeth Hazen took from her status to Blackwatch to her position of Count of Jade Falcons? I found it surprisingly fascinating, read as terrifying, to see her highlighted in each episode of your talks, but I was curious if you had any additional thoughts or feelings for her. Thank you for your time. Respectfully, Curtis. Um, I, the reason I chose her and the Black Watch, because somebody was like, oh, you got a huge boner for the Black Watch. I said, I wanted to follow a unit that stood out throughout this history. So you see how they go from like grand heroes to this horrible shadow of themselves. Attention. Stomach set. Yeah. So I, I wanted to show how that how that mutated and everything fascinating character but like most heroes tragic and they end up becoming the monster they hate and that's why i love BattleTech. is they're on a long enough timeline someone's gonna die broken and miserable or someone's gonna die unfulfilled or in their greatest success they will set up something horrible to follow and it it will just eat everything and I, I love seeing that in Battletech because that's realistic. There's never... And then... Uh, the, the they made them, founded the Republic, and everyone lived happily ever after. And then there's some weird diner where Obi-Wan goes for no reason. Uh, no, and that's part of the reason why when Hazen snaps after seeing Dee Chevalier get blown up uh, by all the Capellans and she takes up that sword... Uh, in the actual episode, I have the music of the Black Watch that we use, the bagpipes. I have it discordant with the like horrible like music of like, oh shit, something's about to go down. To where it's like you hear the bagpipes, but it's like drowned out by this discordant music because at this point she's no longer the Black Watch. She is Clan Jade Falcon. Yeah, and she that's... she does not become the Hazen from Black Watch. She becomes. The lead, she becomes Jade Falcon Lady at that point. No, she becomes a monster. Yeah, and and predatory. Understood, understandably so. But she also was like super old at that point. Too. Yeah, well, you know, cranky. Yeah, very cranky. Grand, she was goddamn angry, kids. Angry grandma. Yeah. Dear esteemed techs of the BPL, I've been a viewer of your channel for close to a year and a half now and I've loved your content. My first video of yours was the Kingdom of Madness MechWarrior Online video. In fact, it was your videos that allowed me to adequately share my love of Battletech with my wife. We'd always kind of rolled our eyes at the franchise before my own fault. I was watching the cartoon for laughs and she wanted to watch part of it with me, thus associating the universe with a god-awful cartoon. I am writing to inquire as how one would join the BPL. Well, the way is out there. That's all I can say about that. Haven't we answered that question before? Oh, yes, we have. Yeah, it's always out there. So I, uh, th there is a bit where he goes on about himself, which I don't want to dox the man. But uh, he says, thank you very much. And P.S., if you ever did a podcast on Star Wars questions like you did for Lord of the Rings, he said he would be honored to help. We did do a podcast on Star Wars. It came out. However, he does add a PPS. I know your favorite mech of all time is the Awesome 8Q, but what is your favorite hunted hunter? Uh, the Atlas. Oh, actually, Atlas 2. Or King Crab. King Crab is great. Yeah. You, I you, give you, the pinch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I was going to say, if you look, if you want a hint on, on how to get to the BPL, I'll, tell, I'll give you a hint. Are you ready for a hint? I'll give him a hint. In Far Cry 5 with a Cop, Episode 4, Watch the Bear. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Watch the bear. Watch that bear. Watch the bear. 
watch the bear. That's all we can say. But yeah, so next, hello, Tex. I hope you and your friends are doing absolutely fantastic. Is everyone doing fantastic? Yep. I guess. Wow. <laughs> Just sitting there on your phone. Absolutely fantastic. I'm over here on your laptop talking mad shit. I'm reading the questions. Hey, All right. Yeah, go ahead. Read your fucking question and we're listening. Damn. Okay. So um, <laughs> I, I clap back. Why don't you? Oh, I'm sorry. Always. Always. Always with the clap back. So I have a question and a comment. Okay. I'm also not a native English speaker, so excuse my mistakes. Hoy, hoy, hoy. Comment first, I guess. Check the attached picture. I did Google search BPL podcast, and the Black Pants Legion podcast was the first result shown to me. Take that, Berkeley Public Library. Ah. Fuck yes. Finally. Take that, professional librarians. Now that we have your attention, allow us to finally admit something. Welcome to the Berkeley Public Library. (laughs) Oh, no. You have been deceived. Inception. (laughs) (laughs) Now to my question. I have watched you guys in the Courtesy Flush play Arcanum, and when I caught up with it, I went and started watching your Arcanum Dick Wizard playthrough. One thing I kept coming up in my damn logical mind was if you can't heal a technology person because a wizard, because your spell fizzles out why can you cast harm at them the same other way around if you can't ride the train anymore because your magic is too strong why are bandits and other vermin able to use their weapons against you those are all valid questions that uh, i think the people who wrote arcanum went yeah fuck you yeah <laughs> well that was interesting gameplay yeah that, that, w- that was actually interesting about yeah. it though i because... thought about that ever since i played the game yeah well they they go into detail about how it changes the laws of physics it changes like how friction works it yeah. changes how everything works and on that same note harm shouldn't do anything to you however it is a video game Video bang. Video bang. Yeah, I mean, you have to make it work at some point. Yeah. So he ends it up with, I'm still catching up on the podcast, so in case you answered something along these lines already, sorry. I'm listening to the podcast in my car when I travel to work and back. It is quite enjoyable, so thank you for your time. The entertainment and good laughs listening to you guys gave me. With best regards, Stefan. Hey, when you finish playing Homeworld 2, are you going to do a playthrough of Deserts of Crack? Uh, I already did on my channel years ago, but I might again. And he says, also, Flat Gang, sign Noble Hayes. Uh, Flat Gang was my way of, uh, he made a Flat Gang icon there, which is awesome. Oh, that's actually really cool. That is really cool. So um, in Homeworld, you can get these frigates, and all the frigates have really specific jobs. But there's one frigate that's just designed to put up walls of flak. So rather than use the correct balanced op flack yeah no i just use yeah i just use flag spam so i was like flat gang flat gang and i would just do anything if the whole screen is just flax space is full yeah space is full so it works so well too it just it annihilated everything so yeah that's thank you noble that was awesome so uh let's see next up it starts off with an apology I apologize if this is an inappropriate email, seeing as how I acquired this email address from the Business Inquiries part of your YouTube profile, but I feel a pressing need to share this. Maybe even seek validation? 
Ooh. with someone who may be involved in the Text Talks Battletech franchise. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware we were a franchise. <laughs> uh, yes, $50,000 buy-in, and then you can set up your own store, but you have to buy your buns from us. <laughs> and if you just read Sarna articles, we'll come and break your knees. <laughs> yeah. So, specifically part two of the Exodus Elementals, a primer on the clan's YouTube video. Having watched a sundry random BPL Text Talks, I noticed that Tex has a minor dislike of the clans. Yet at only 45 minutes in, I find myself agreeing with many of the clan's doctrines and beliefs, or at least the idolized interpretations of old Nick. The words and language he uses are definitely something I feel I could stand behind. As a casual MWO player, I find myself wanting to explore the clan mechs more thoroughly. But, 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 the Battle of Tukiad stands prevalent in my mind as I continue to watch this. Like a gamer using cheat codes to gain foreknowledge, that the clanner mindset would even allow such a loss as the obviously rigged challenge set up by Comstar in the future, pertaining to the events leading up to those described 45 minutes in the video, I simply cannot ascribe to the true clanner mindset. Honor and arrogance became more important than survival and dominion, and that I personally can never forgive. Truly, I've no idea... Why I feel such a pressing need to share with this with y'all amazing people of the BPL, but it feels right typing out this email. I guess I just want someone involved in the project to know that, in a way, my personal mindset and thinking I use in the oh-so-interesting life we all live together has been profoundly changed. Even if it was due to the clanner's radical mindset. Thanks for listening to a random fan, and please don't feel any need to reply. If anything, I just wanted to make sure my comment on the video wasn't lost among the couple other thousands. Which makes me feel rather selfish, I guess. Oh well. I guess I'm just the asshole. It happens sometimes. No. Here's wishing you a very pleasant and productive day. Signed, Willis. Willis, you're feel to free whatever you want. It's a fictional setting. It's, it's like um, Game of Thrones, right? People are like, oh, I love this house, or I love that house, or I love this character, I love that. Who cares? It's fictional. Like whoever you like. You do have a point. Except about for Capellans. The, you know, well, yeah, no. no, fuck those guys. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, unless you want to love to hate them. Um, but no, I, I can see the point. Uh, I, I feel like the short answer to your whole, why did the ch clans just do this character break from honor and arrogance being more important than survival and dominion is they get too big for their britches and they steamrolled the shit out of the inner sphere up until there. Well, it's it's in in many ways it's it's kind of like the um, you know in, in in many ways it's kind of like the Third Reich. You know, you you feel you, you create this idea. Yeah, we killed we, Poland. We, yeah, we 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 stomped a few countries. Yeah. We're invincible, mm -hmm. and then you start to believe that, and then you have a Battle of Britain, and you go, okay, well that's a draw. And then you have a Stalingrad. And then you're like, okay, we're in trouble. And and then it starts to reel back on you because mm -hmm. some countries wake up slowly. Some countries are sleeping mm -hmm. giants. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're, you are free to feel whatever you want. And when it comes down to all these factions and beliefs and everything, and in Battletech, it's whatever forces you like. And as Goat pointed out, you know, every force in Battletech has its pros and cons. Steiner has a lot of fucking heavy artillery and money, and they can bring out infinite forces. But they drink that dumb fuck juice. Yeah, their generals are social elite, and they're dumb. And so they just, you know, run people into goddamn meat grinders like ants. And it's 
every every force has its pros and cons, and you can like whatever you like. But the problem is, usually the clan fans are the crazy guys who are like, "We are the best because we win." And you know, I, I remember Necrons were like that in third and fourth edition of 40k, and then you st- <laughs> then then the rules changed, and they started getting really salty. And the thing is, is you shouldn't love a faction in a game because they win. You should love a faction in a game like you love a local football team or like you love a local baseball team. They win some, they lose some, but they're your champions. Whatever that means these days. So, next up. Hey, Tex and whoever else is on tonight, I just wanted to thank you all for this episode in particular, which is episode 33, Ghouls, Ghosts, and Goblins, A Scartacular with Stagger. I haven't listened to it yet. Wow. Well, how can you thank me for it? What? <laughs> what? Wait, what? What did he say? You haven't listened to he it? He said he hasn't listened to it yet. And I'm like, what? Uh, uh, you, but thank you for posting it anyway. Do you? Yeah, I was going to say, do you Do you go on to YouTube videos before you hit play and go, thank you? I, pr- I really like this part of the he's video. The guy, he's the guy that hits like, favorite, and subscribe before even watching. Yeah, you are really <laughs> the internet's national treasure. <laughs> Now to make you guys feel bad. He says, but I'm three days sober and having a hell of a time. I was starting to lose my mind looking for something, anything to occupy my mind, having exhausted my YouTube channels and video games for content. Then your podcast crossed my mind and I thought, nah, they posted an episode too recently. It'll be a while before they upload a, and there it fucking was. I was close to doing something Zorg would approve of, but you glorious bastards at the Greatest BPL Podcast really brought me back from the brink tonight, and I just wanted to let you know. I'll send in some questions eventually, but I don't usually remember any good questions while I'm in a position to send them in. Until then, keep doing what you're doing and try not to die. Okay. From, from David. And, and, I, I'm usually the guy that's like, oh, you just send compliments that's actually thought out and nice. I'm, yeah, I'm glad it, to hear it, you're still on the wagon, dude. Yeah, man. And and I know what it means to find that nice thing, like, uh, you'd be saying, they're going, oh, I'm fucking bored. What am I going to do today? Da, 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 da. And then you'll be like, Krug Smash released a new thing. And yeah. Yeah, right. I'll go Crayon to- drawings. Yeah, I like it. it no, it, his art is so good. It is Check so good. Check out Krug Smash. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Stay on the wagon. See where it takes you. ABPL podcast. Love the show. As a new Legionnaire, it really helps fill in the backstory and lore the Legion has developed for itself over the years. To my questions, I apologize for going over this again and again, but will there be an actual library podcast style episode of the podcast? <laughs> I, I want to. What does the Berkeley Public Library even talk about on their podcast? Uh, please don't lick your fingers and touch the pages. <laughs> they probably talk about archiving and the no. Dewey Decimal System. Well, I, I, I guarantee you what they talk about is what they have going on at the library because social media, like podcasts, like Facebook yeah. and everything else are how libraries reach out to people. So they'll go, oh, coming up on the podcast or on the library, we have this display coming in and we're showcasing yeah. this and we have this workshop. Well, on and he's, he's right. They'll talk to organizations that are doing community outreach stuff and they'll have uh, in the summer, lunch programs for kids and things like that for them to do so they get into the library. It's, yeah. They have a lot of community outreach. That's probably what's in it. Yeah. I'm only being a shithead. I, I, uh, I, I've I actually helped do these kinds of things before, so I'm... Yeah, and I, I was a librarian, so I have two. Li- librarian. Librarian. Yeah, so what I think would be funny is uh, what, what this guy says. Uh, I think it'd be funny for these accidentally tuning in for the Berkeley Public Library podcast to suddenly get book reviews, author bios, and other things 
things from the Black Pants Legion Public Library. Yeah. I'm, I'm on my phone for a reason because I'm pretty I'm sure... I'm just that, giving you shit. No, 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 no. But I, He does I'm it all the time, so I, that's why. Off. Yeah, I'm exactly. To, fuck off. I'm trying to find out what it was called because I know there's a service where if you have an actual public library card, you can access it and it's like all the books and... World uh, can't? Maybe. No, no, no. Uh, like... You can get like audiobooks and shit mm. as well. Oh yeah, no, a lot of public libraries have that. Um, yeah, that yeah, and you it, don't have to pay Jeff Bezos money for it. No, yeah. and that's that's what I tell people is people are like, hey, this YouTube channel is brought to you by Audible, and I'd be like, oh yeah, well if you go to your local library and you have a library card, they will hook you up with an online service, or you get thousands and thousands and thousands of books and movies for fucking free. They and don't it, install adware on your computer. They don't actually advertise to you at all. They just give you the fucking thing. Yeah. And if you live outside the U.S. or in a country that doesn't have a robust public library system, and for however much you complain about it, Tex, it is something that Americans take for granted. I know. Um, well, I mean, shit, reach out to somebody in the U.S. It's the age of connectivity. Market a VPN. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not going to sell you one. No. no. Uh, it, it's like, you can be in America with a VPN. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is America. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. But no, I mean, that's that's the thing is your local library is better than Audible and any of these other shit sites that are going to sell you garbage. They're, they're going to put a paywall around what's already there. It's literally yep. better than the convenience uh, of Audible. Yeah. Uh, I would be fine with actually going to if if we ever had uh, the kind of money to travel, we'd go to the Berkeley Public Library and actually do a podcast in like one of their rental rooms. Oh my god, that would be so funny! <laughs> I'll talk to you guys when we're off camera or off recording about that. Okay. So, what's the difference between a good dungeon master? systems which administer the simulation's fundamental rules and a bad one in terms of simulation games since ultimately computer simulation games actually lack the predictable randomness of actual scientific simulations for example i've heard rimworld's dungeon master is bad because it eventually becomes blatant the dungeon master is just using raw percentage tables for everything yes it is whereas door fortress is a good dungeon master because it just lets things happen yes I, yeah, yeah, you've you've nailed it. On that's exactly right. I, it's something that annoys me too when I play oh, yeah. video games and I just go, "Oh look, it's getting difficult because the game decided to want to be difficult." Well, that's RimWorld just... in a nutshell. Is you'll be sitting there and you make a lot of money off a trade, and the game will freeze. You for have a second. too much money. Yeah, we'll go money integer too high. You are now under attack by two hundred corgis <laughs> who are on. Math. Fire. Yeah. And, and you're like, both. Oh, yeah. But we mod the fuck out of it. Yes. I, mean, I did, didn't like it. No, we. I, mod, <laughs> I modded the fuck out yes. of it because I made it more like Door Fortress. And uh, Door Fortress coming to Steam is going to be so fucking good that uh, games like RimWorld and everywhere else are just going to have to eat a, a yard of dicks. I'm sorry, but th well, there's nothing like Door Fortress. Don't look, if you're a game developer, don't program challenges to get harder based on character ability. Like all that, like Make weird. Make it so that there's a learning curve that you can yes. master. Yes. Because people like to feel like they can actually be good at a game. So if they find a way to break the game and they're good at it, let them. Don't let the game stop them from having a great time. Well, and that's that's what I love about Door Fortress is you'll sit there and you'll you'll build up your fortress. Door Fatum Smasher. No, but at first it starts off where you're really really poor yes and yeah. it's about survival yeah and you learn about survival and and once you get that down you feel like you've achieved something you can start a fortress and keep it running 
Oh, well, then you start to have these other problems. Oh, nobility. Oh, travelers. Oh, people coming into your fort and trying to steal stuff. Oh, war between your nation and others. Oh, your riches have grown so far that now you're starting to attract legendary enemies and you need more resources to stay strong. And, you know, all these things just naturally happen. RimWorld yeah. is just, again... Uh, you have too much money, uh, what are we gonna do this time? Oh, yes, you're, uh, you're fire. And you're like, what? Dude, okay, I, I just want to say this. I feel like the state of game development, and this is not, this is just generally speaking, it's not everyone does this. State of game development, everybody seems to develop games with this sort of, like, player psychology in mind, which is just retarded. I'm sorry, it just it's dumb. Because if you play the game yourself and you as the developer are having a great time, you don't have to go in and plan out some kind of weird psychological fucking path for someone to get a treasure chest and find a secret cave and shit. Just do that based on like like a 10-year-old building a world. Well, in Have the, fun with the it. The other thing I want to... It feels well, dead. You were saying go. Well, People were trying to innovate it for a lot of. I think M. Lemon talked about this. It's just a, a lot of, a lot of uh, what's what there is to do in game design has already been done. Well, and the thing is, is comparing Dwarf Fortress to RimWorld is is insanely unfair. Yeah. Because Dwarf Fortress is two dudes, not influenced by anyone else, building the game they want to build for thirty years forever. And that's how they wanted to do it. And and RimWorld is a base game that has slowly evolved, but is also really made by 800 modders who have pulled it in 800 directions. And so the, the other thing to keep in mind is like Dwarf Fortress is very organic in the way things happen. Because if you look at Dwarf Fortress, you go, why did this guy fucking snap? And you look at his history and you're like... This guy traveled from a dying fortress and he came to yours and he was sad and then he adopted a cat and the cat made him happy and then the cat died. It got run over by a wagon and he just got into despair and he wanted to create something beautiful and so on. And then his his great creation was never realized because there weren't resources. And then he snapped and started killing people. And you're like, oh, wow. And then in RimWorld, it's like eight without table homicidal rage. Yeah, that's just a meme, I think. It, it, no, it's it's Mad Libs. Yeah. It's, it's psychology by Mad Libs. Yeah. Um, you know. So Stop uh, making games like this, please. Yeah, and so next, he says, on a related note, what's the difference between a good and bad artificial dungeon master in RPGs? For example, Neverwinter Nights, which we all love, mm -hmm. and then Divinity Original Sin. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate Divinity Original Sin. I just didn't like. The, we said this before. I just didn't like the people that I played with, because uh, they were either not interested or no, they, they were like so like meta gamed into the game that it was yeah, just not was, fun to enjoy. It was, it. You couldn't play your character the way yeah. you wanted to. It's like no, you need these weapons. You got to stay in here and you got to do these exact things. Yeah, I, nobody wants to play a game being dictated to. Just, I, I, I think we've just all had bad experiences with people who are really, really excited about the game because they like it a lot, and they want us to enjoy it, but they don't know how to be organic about it. Now, I'll share something with you guys sure. that I do with people uh, that I have, uh, in the past, uh, when I play games with friends, even if I've already played the game and beat it, I will sometimes just sit there and pretend like I've never done this part before or that I forgot it exists because I want the other person to have the same level of enjoyment out of the game that I did or at least have the same level of discovery, whether they enjoy it or not, because I feel like that's something that's lost when you are being told how to play a game and get good. It's just like it's an incredibly 
just, you know, I'm sure there are people out there who enjoy that, but the majority of people don't. They just want to play games with their friends and enjoy it. Yeah. I, I want games to be fun. Yeah. That's all I want. And, and then I would like games to be fun and worth their money. And then my second category is fun with friends. Yes. And my third category is replay value. Mm-hmm. And, and like... There's very few games that can hit all three of those. Um, that's a rare that's a rare combo. Next question he asks is, I hear you don't like Weeaboo Trash, even in video game form, not counting those fancy precursors to interactive FMV games ebooks called visual novels. What would a Weeaboo Trash those game... Those are not games. Yeah, those are not games. <laughs> what would a Weeaboo Trash game have for you to want to play it? Not be a Weeaboo Trash game. I, I'm sorry, but I look at people who play that crap. Interactive visual novels, it's click right for the next line or whatever and it's yeah. it's the same reason I don't like Telltale games. Wait, hang on, but would you like a game that was mechanically very good but aesthetically was weeaboo trash? It, I I don't care the art style. I I I play games that are ASCII for Christ's sake. I it, it yeah, as long as it's enough. engaging and good, I don't care what the art style is. The the problem I have with weeaboo trash and I'm using air quotes here is the expositional storytelling the nonsensical humor like ah oh, this character is a crossdresser for no reason but they're very serious and you're like what that makes no fucking there's no reason for that it's just it's it's for the audience yeah it's everything is which played, audience yeah it's yeah exactly it's played for an audience that we are not a part of like if i made a movie and in the middle of the movie a very serious character turned around and shit his pants and then bowed and walked off stage <laughs> i would laugh yeah you, you would laugh <laughs> but if i said no you don't understand the character you would go what the fuck are you smoking that is how i feel when i watch people play anime games they're like hey, you don't get it and i'm you like don't get the that thing. guy just shit his pants yeah yeah, no thank you. Next question. For those who have to watch or gasp, want to watch the J.J. Abrams Star Trek Universe films, which ones would you watch? Uh, first and the third one, the end. None of them. Uh, I, would, I would say first and the third one. I, I can watch the Wrath of Khan. Uh, Reboot. In, uh, like, okay. I, uh, I don't think it's it's not great. It's not a good paced movie. They I, underused I, a lot of the talent that was in it, and yeah, it was Benedict just a giant spe- Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch could have been used so much better. But I, I like Peter Weller. Yes. He, he was good. Yes. I think the second movie has some good parts to and, it. But the it's, Section 31 stuff was nice. Yes, but it doesn't really stand up as a decent movie. But I like the first one, and I like third one, but don't look at them like Star Trek uh, canon. Just look at them as like, you know, somebody doing their own twist on Star Trek fanfic yeah yeah okay that's fine for it to be a fanfic look i i said this before i'm afraid of a lot of fan projects but if they're done well i'll fucking watch them i think that's cool and that's the way i look at the big blockbuster ones it's like yeah why not let them have fun um yeah that's fair and uh next one is how much do we have to pay you to talk to people you want on bpl branded stuff like civi 11 or ross scott of accursed farms we know you have that sweet sweet patreon money you anachronistic grognard okay now, uh they're not for sale first of all yeah <laughs> they're and, not like and like you can't go knocking on ross's door and be like hey ross do you want to talk to us for like a hundred dollars he'd be like get out of my house yeah and, <laughs> and that's the thing is if you have to pay someone to do a collab with you yeah it's not a collab it's not it's collaborative a service. it's yeah. a service and the other thing is that 
my Patreon, like, the biggest chunk goes to taxes. And the other half goes to canon. I mean, what? No. Oh, no. Don't, don't mention <laughs> the canon. Oh, shit. I've cut that part out. Don't worry. Yeah, don't, don't mention the canon. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's the, the rest of it goes to paying people for their time. Editors, uh, hardware and software upgrades, the things we need to keep in business. So if I started using that Patreon money to pay people for a collab, one, it would be a terrible collab or cameo. Because if you have to pay someone for a cameo, it's it's generally going to be gr- bad. But the hurt's not in it. Yeah, yeah it doesn't feel natural. And, I mean, and, if they like us and they want to hang out and do stuff... Absolutely, we'd love that because we watch them all the time. Yeah, but but if they if if they're not interested, I'm not going to pay them to pretend to be. Yeah, that's that's it's unnatural. It feels like you. It's like having a special guest on SNL. You kind of go, eh. All right, so, Mariah Carey. Yeah. So so he says finally, <laughs> finally, why you know love hate Sierra online? I for one simultaneously love and hate their adventure games. So why don't you? Note to well, text. We do. Since I know you have you watched the, us, we we love yeah. and hate them. Yeah. So note to text. Since I know you already read the note to text aloud on the podcast, I absolutely get where you're coming from. Sierra's often insane puzzle logic should be humiliated with cold fire, which unlike real fire rejects Zorg because it's cold. Uh, no, we do have a love hate because there are games in Sierra that we actually like to play, uh, but there are not very many of them. Well, there, there's a charm to them, even like yeah. Laura Bow. Yes, there is a charm. But it, if you try to get somebody to take them seriously and play through them, it's a yeah, single or, or experience. Just, or just play them blind. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. if I had to play any of those games play, blind. Play Colonel's no. Bequest blind, are you insane? We'd be doing that for like a quarter. Yeah, yeah no, we did that we're like, no, we can't do that. No, no. But those, but those games are of that era. They have their own... And, and it's sometimes there's some things that are just best left in that era, including the developers stop making games. Um, yeah, <laughs> move on. So so he says you're quick to move on from that. Yeah. So he uh, says uh, thanks for reading all this out, and I apologize if my questions end up contributing to another multi-part listener Q and A episode. Praise Zorg. Signed X Pack Three. Come on, X Pack. Why you always send us questions, man? We're right here. Use the Anchor FM voice thing, X Pack, or or Maybe he has, or just messages no. directly. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> dear, I see you shit posting in the Legion, dude. Yeah. So, dear BPL <laughs> Texan crew, I am writing this while listening to the podcast episode twenty six, and I'm enjoying the fucking hell out of it, like I do all the BPL content. Hmm. So, I get right to the questions. I have a few. One. As a Battletech MechWarrior fan since MechWarrior 2, I have to ask your favorite mech in each class for both Intersphere and Clan. I will ask because I will tell you mine. Light, IS, Clan, Kid Fox, Medium, Enforcer, Clan, Nova, Heavy, Jaeger Mech, or Orion, Clan, Ebon Jaguar, Assault, Thunderhawk, Devastator, and Atlas, Clan, Dire Whale, I mean Wolf. Okay, let's see. I it, both Mike and Goat have just leaned back and turned off. All right. <laughs> no, that's not true. I let's text. I'm sorry. What is your favorite mechs that we had this? What is your favorite mech in the uh, oh God. lacrosse? What's that thing called? <laughs> 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 I think it's the Alsaku. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm being a shit. I'm, I apologize. It, no. it, and I, I understand that's a legitimate question. I'm it, just, it is. I'll, I'll run through this very quick yes. to save you guys trouble. Yeah. Uh, light, inner, I, I'll do the inner sphere. I'm not doing the clan ones because there's a lot Oof. that I'm. Yeah. No, it, it's because if I mention clan anything, it's like eight asterisks behind it. And, yeah, and fair so, enough. 
I, I would have to qualify that and it would just go on and on and on. Uh, light, uh, I'm going to say locust. Mm, no, raven. Uh, medium, centurion or hunchback. Heavy, uh, I'm going to say catapult or warhammer and uh, assault. It's going to be probably king crab and atlas. And okay, two in Battletech. How in the wide world of Lost Tech fuckery do you lose the ability to make a big-ass fucking shotgun? LBXs, for those who don't know, I'm referencing Battletech lore-wise. It, it had a lot to do with probably what is simpler to make. Because if you yeah. look at a country that's been, like, bombed into the ground, they may not be able to make H&KG-11s anymore, but they can make G3s. They're yes. going to gonna build what's cheap and easy. They're, f- like, they're fielding frontline riflemen. They're not exactly... Well, it also comes yeah. down to cost. You yeah. Know what I mean, um, so three, what do you and the crew think about Babylon five as a role playing setting? Mm. Isn't that the one of the really bad ones? Mr. Welch reviewed. <laughs> 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 no, I, I don't think they had an RPG. No, oh. no, they didn't have an RPG. That, that's my knowledge Trek thing. No, 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 no. Uh, it's a, sh- it's another show. Altogether. It, it's, it's, it's a, it's an older sci-fi show. Yeah. Well, sorry, boomers. I don't, um, it's before my time. <laughs> it, I, I'm not sure if that would actually work as a setting. It's hard to say. It's, it's really hard to say. Cause I haven't seen it in a while. Like since it came out, <laughs> yeah, I same here. I wasn't even really paying that much attention, so uh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so people who like really like Babylon Five, I understand why you like it, but I it just didn't catch me like Star Trek did. I just gotta give it another watch through. It it, is, it might catch me. It's the same problem I have with Stargate. I like Stargate, but Stargate's got too many fucking episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. It's got 10 seasons of SG-1, four seasons of fucking uh, Atlantis, or five seasons of Atlantis, and then two seasons of Universe. That's too many fucking TV shows, guys. That's fewer, not, fewer. Yeah, fewer is better. Okay. Condense your stories. Tell the stories you want to tell. Don't put us in the fucking Canadian wilderness for the 50th time. Another planet that looks like British Columbia. Yeah, shoot, <laughs> shoot at it with a P90, a true weapon of war. Yeah, it's a, a, <laughs> all, all the punch of a submachine gun at eight times the cost. Um, so <laughs> The weapon of the Air Force. Not really. Um, no. Nope. Anyway. Couldn't afford it. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I started getting interested in Warhammer 40K back in high school, around 99-2000, as a couple of my friends had armies or Eldar, Dark Eldar, Space Marine, etc. I decided to do Imperial Guard tank division, so did I. Uh, well, up till the guy helping me paint some of the tanks upped and moved and sold said tanks. But to my question, do you and the crew think the tanks in the Imperial Guard are viable against the enemies that they faced? Also, oh. do you guys think it's viable for tabletop? Well, uh, absolutely. Like, I think those tanks definitely have what it takes. They have all the right moves, I'd say. Like, you know, you, you put them out there in the in, in any terrain or any system or, you know, sometimes they fly, which, you know, is crazy when you think about it. Cause tanks Mike, na- name three tanks in the Imperial Guard. Okay, the first one's going to be uh, the Embiggen, which is... <laughs> the second one is going to be slightly smaller but just fine uh that's what i call it (laughs) well it depends on whether we. i'm shit talking by the way if you can't tell i know nothing about this i do um (laughs) it depends on whether we go off of the like the tabletop saps compared to you know the other tabletop stats or if we go off the like quote unquote 
uh, real life specifications that Games Workshop released that are wherein, bonkers, which are worse than real life tanks, way worse. <laughs> so <laughs> here's here's the thing: is like it's got comic, it, it's like a caricature of a tank. It's, yeah. it's got a tiny turret and a giant gun. Well, which, I mean, yeah. all Games Workshop did for Imperial Guard vehicles is they took a bunch of World War One and World War Two tanks and switched out which ones had turrets where. Yeah, and it 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 really in in their caricatures, <laughs> their yeah, caricatures the, the of is a World War One land crawler, uh, land, you know, land ship tank with a big ass turret on it. Yeah, and well, and the other issue is it's like Imperial tanks are not designed to be the best tank versus no. tank thing. They're designed They're- to be cheap. That hence all the rivets. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just it's a bunch of it's a bunch of metal sheets that are riveted together by by crazy people. Well, I mean, it's it the sounds same, very Russian. And it's the same answer to the Imperial Guard in general for like. 80% of the threats they face, which aren't really covered in lore, which is like people protesting tithes or, you know, shitty ass insurrections. insurrections. Yeah. They're more than sufficient. It's, you know, a, yeah, because it's a show of force. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, and in like, same thing for like Lasguns and Flack. For like all the, you know, mega, uber, unbeatable football hooligan green guys and the ancient 10,000 year warriors wearing spiky plate armor and, incredibly fast inscrutable space elves and shit it does oh it does good enough because yeah. they can field a lot of it and it's you know they can it's just, cheap yeah it, it's cheap and oh no you blew up a tank well here comes more tanks yeah you know but yeah um i i agree with you on that um, you guys don't like my tank the Biggin? no um but it, <laughs> it's uh, called the bane blade uh, uh, how, how, uh, however however you, you you know about as much of how those tanks work as games workshop writers currently so in hey games <laughs> workshop if you're hiring i'm right here buddy i yeah. I, I'll, I'll i'll write tanks. black library black library he'll write for horse here see he'll have uh rogel Dorn drop a stack of sea bills for a king crab so no. he can go and fight jagata icon and is uh, awesome hell that is, yeah that is so great so uh yeah the imperial guard armor company used to actually be working in chapter approved 2004 and then they made that not work anymore because they wanted more money so yeah that's what codex they wanted creep. more money that's weird they don't do that codex creep so uh he says thanks for all the fucking kick-ass content keep it up because my fabrication job would be boring as hell without it oh Signed nice Braden. hell yeah dude and then fabricators write, unite that's fucking sweet yeah then he writes not my real name alone um yeah so next up dear tax first of all thank you for what you guys are doing and the absolutely insane amount of material you've created not just over the past months but years i have no idea how i'll ever be able to catch up you won't Although I'm very happy I could keep working in this whole COVID-19 mess going on, I live alone. And having to then work alone was slowly driving me crazy if it wasn't for the distraction you provided. Even before, work has been on put on hold for me, as it became clear that some slowly but steadily worsening medical problems were due to a malfunctioning aortic valve. Oh. Both... Wow, yeah. Uh, both the BPL podcast and your videos, from Techstocks Battletech to your extensive library of Space Station 13 recordings, have kept me from going absolutely insane during this time. And yes, I'm one of the weirdos going down the playlist and God Emperor, help me, I'll finish it someday. For the Emperor. As I'm writing this, it's Monday and I'm lying in a hospital bed awaiting tomorrow's open heart surgery where they will either repair or replace the valve in the inevitable recovery period where I'll make sure to have extensive use of said playlist once more. Not gonna lie, pretty nervous. But the doctors are capable and the nurses are cute. 
so I figure things could be a whole lot worse. I hope you guys are doing well, and I'll be looking forward to whatever you come up with next. Take it easy, and all the best to you. Mike and everyone else at the BPL from some rando in a Dutch hospital room who's feeling probably a bit too sentimental for his own good right now. Good job, Mr. Tex. Signed, Erdania. P.S. Mr. Nick is right about poetry. <laughs> no, you're not. No, I, and I, uh, I, I hope by the time you hear this, you're out and you're doing okay. I, I hope they give you a turbo heart. So like they, they have like, <laughs> no, they get, they, no, yeah, they, they, they have like one of the like secret ones in the back. Oh, yeah. uh, like, huh, like can I get um, one of those ones in the back behind the curtain, like team fortress, meet the medic, the Uber gorilla. Yeah. And then they stick the, yeah. Yeah. No, they, they give you the turbo heart. So you're able to like punch through walls. You can like Adam Jensen shit, you know, turbo heart. Yeah. Tur- that's a movie yeah turbo hard turbo hard he Call was me. in for a heart surgery he may not have a heart of gold but he's got a turbo heart yeah there you the go. next installment of the knife fight city <laughs> cinematic universe the man who punched a buick in half turbo <laughs> heart <laughs> oh all right hey there ty here i was listening to the podcast and you were talking with goat i believe about the future of rpgs and something was said about an automatic dungeon maker and tracker first off i'm glad you aren't one of those people that innocently talks about ar tabletop games using your phone that is where most people i interact with say the future is going and every time i hear that i get kind of the thousand yard stare and just have blizzard saying don't you have phones over and over again well the people who are doing that on their phone are not really going to be playing for long anyway so you no. don't have anything to worry about sorry i went on a tangent anyways i remember that neverwinter nights was the thing yes there are invisible dice rolls and the graphics are peak bioware and i remember back in the day it may have been a bit unstable but you can group play and i believe you can create a custom campaign it's on steam but i don't know if all the bugs are ironed out without mods it's also on gog and they seem to do a good job of making older games run on new shit they also don't seem to charge taxes so if you care about that any sort of principle sense yeah anyways hope you're having a good day tie yeah the people who use all the phone apps and everything at tables are also the people who are just searching imgur on their phones all day and they, are, they have nothing know. to do and they're and honestly those people aren't gonna last long they, they, <laughs> snapchat no. dungeon master pretty much <laughs> that's not, that sounds like another song or snapchat ins, dungeon, dungeon master, master. Or ins, ins, <laughs> instagram cleric instagram cleric <laughs> Oh man! Instagram cleric. Uh, uh, what's a, what's a good cleric like God in D and D? Paylor. Paylor. He's like I'm a Paylor influencer. Um. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you can that a preacher. <laughs> could, could you imagine? Okay. Okay. Let's let. No. Let, no, no. I don't no, want to think. No. 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 no, no. Organized religion using influence. We're gonna roll with this. Yeah. What do you call Jesuits? So here's yes. here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Imagine D and D. Okay. Imagine D and D, but it's 2020. Mm-hmm. It's 2020 in Faerun. It's modern day, or. Faerun has been real and it is Earth. Okay. So you go out and go, what class would you be? Guess. Bard. Yes. Okay. Mike? Oh, what cl- a rogue. Okay. Uh, I, and re- realistically, that's kind of what I do anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, um, <laughs> I, I don't know what I would be. Wizard. Re- think so? 
Wizard? Okay. Yeah, you're a you're a very scholarly guy. So imagine, imagine. Oh, come on, don't tell him that. I, I want to play dumb. Um, so imagine. Oh, you, you can play it. Multiple fucking dude. You could be drunken master guy, a guy where you just walk around bumbling and shit, but you beat the fuck out of everyone who tries to come near you. Yeah, or uh, artificer gunsmith. Yeah. You know, imagine going out to the grocery store as a minor quest, like the DM. You know, it's like you postal must go, too. Yeah, you must go to the grocery <laughs> store. And so you are your classes and you're just like walking around your the, the grocery store and someone's like, ah, yes, I will have the last of the toilet paper. And I'm like, not so fast. Bigby's in opposing hand <laughs> and it like blocks them from the TP. <laughs> and I'm like, get it, Mike, get it. Yes. I And I would no, I had already stolen it before I even looked at it. Nice. <laughs> Modern D&D would be pretty funny. I just, uh, yeah. Shadowrun? No, no, I'm not talking cyberpunk. Shadowrun's Cy- dark and yeah, bad. No, no, I would evil. say just just modern. And I'm it, kidding. It's not bad. It's do, do you evil. know? Do you know how fucking funny it would be to have modern D and D? Like you're you're a cleric and you work. <laughs> you're a cleric and you work at the emergency room. Um, <laughs> Lay on so hands. Every every twenty <laughs> minutes. Every twenty minutes, you just walk out in the waiting room. Cure uh, greater wounds, mask. <laughs> All right, Paylor, save you. Go home. Uh, the the waiting room for that would be like a guy who's got a cough, and he goes like, "I'm not even doing anything for you. Go fuck yourself." I'm waiting until it gets worse. Yeah, come back when you actually got a disease like mummy rot or whatever. <laughs> come back when there's blood coming out. Yeah, that's what I do. Imagine a paladin police officer. So he's like, "Smite!" and pulls the trigger on the <laughs> clock. <laughs> oh God, that would be hilarious. Well, he was evil. He burst into flames. <laughs> oh, oh man, all the all the beast races would have skinny conventions. No. Yeah. So, the, but like, imagine they're just like, "Look at me! I'm Ted from accounting." Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my God! So you have like you have like you have like bugbears that have like shaved completely, and yeah. they're like, "Ah, yes, I, I am lopping as Janet. <laughs> I have a minivan. <laughs> I drive minivan to work. Oh, all these kids! I have to get them a happy meal." <laughs> they they dress their kids up as like soccer mom kids because they think it's cute, kind of like oh, how we dress God. up kids like Star. Wars. I would feel so bad. I would feel so bad. <laughs> what? So you're like Faerun, but like uh, a, a planeswalker left like a battery powered DVD to play the TV <laughs> with a bunch of Adam Sandler movies or something? Oh no. See, no, but what oh I'm God. But what I'm saying would be hilarious is if if it was real. You know, like furry conventions would would all go find out where like the Fey folk were hanging out. They're like, oh man, let's go hang out with no, the leave me alone. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, dude, I'm just trying to deliver for Domino's. It's hard enough. <laughs> and he's like, this economy sucks already. <laughs> he's, he's just running. He's like at a full trot, clock <laughs> galloping away. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know how hard it is to buy four shoes every time. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing up sparks on the highway. He's oh like, Adidas only oh, makes so that. many for you. Yeah. Oh God, that would be funny. Oh man, could you imagine a guy like that in like a fucking full tracksuit? Do you know? I, I bet centaurs would begin the NBA. Oh, I'd watch the shit out of sports if that was the case. Oh man, dude, orc, orc front line. Yeah. No, they, they, well, I know we got blood bowl, but like, imagine. No, no, an ogre. Modern, you, you yeah. have an ogre center, and he just picks up the ball and walks, and everyone's like, <laughs> 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 they're trying just, to break him down. Yeah. <laughs> and now uh, Greg Lack is on the twenty-five. 
He is on the 24 dragging the whole team. <laughs> he is on the 20. Oh, he's going for a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what happens when you have an entire team of kobolds against one man. <laughs> oh, my God. That would, that would be a funny setting. Yeah, that's it. I see the humor in it. I, I think that would be really funny. And realistically, uh, it, it would just be like bright, except like not cringy not cringe it, yeah. the, the first third of bright was bad the first third of that movie bright was pretty bad the le- the latter half was worth watching just you can just say just the action action scenes were worth watching and the action scenes were competent not, yeah. I, I think they read I, I think as mike pointed out they reshot the first third yeah I, I think the action scenes it carried this carried the story a lot better than whatever the fuck they were trying to do in the first third of that movie yeah the, the first third of it was just haha he's awkward yeah he's an orc and he's awkward Ha-ha, racial tension exists yeah. yeah it was like oh yeah we don't have that Monday. and i i need to look this up but i think will smith shot it at the same house he shot uh independence, independence Day. Day. Yeah, i think that is the same house. <laughs> it looks exact because i know well, la it looks is, similar all around but it's like a, it's the same it looks, continuity it looks like the same house from independence so Day. he got fired as a fighter pilot and then he was a cop and then orcs were real <laughs> yeah they just orcs just don't live around dc yeah uh, that could work yeah okay what's the next question all right so next dear tex i hope this email finds you well what tau character do you tex identify as and why is it farsight yours that a-hole about to receive a boinking signed bulk p.s sidon put me up to this if i'm going into the now Fuck empty her. fiesta pale he's coming with me the um the the Tau I identify with is none of them because they are heathens occupying worlds that rightfully belong to the Mechanicus. What are you the mean Tau? the Imperium of Man? No, the Mechanicus actually surveyed those worlds. They survey a lot of worlds. They don't. They don't. They marked it for sterilization. Well, yeah, that means dibs. Uh, what are Tau? I I don't know what they are. Weebs. They are weeb aliens. They drive weeb robot suits and they have weeb oh. robot fights. They also have katanas. Why? The because because games, games because Workshop, money. Yeah, Games Workshop wanted to get the the Robotech fanboys, the Gundam fanboys. Yeah, boys. and 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 they made models for that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say something that I think everyone here can agree with. The katana's not a real sword. The end. It's a it's a design. No. Remember, you can't downvote a podcast. <laughs> um, oh oh yeah. No, no, here's what I'll say about the katana. It's a design tears. adapted to lack of natural resources, and ironically despite being associated with this hyper-autistic, single-minded warrior class, if I had to give somebody who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing around with a sword, I'd probably give them a katana if I no, couldn't give them fair. a machete for some reason. Machete would be even better. Machete yeah. would be better. Yeah. Yeah. Could what? you imagine like Cheap. a whole army with machetes? Uh, yeah, it's called um, Ronda. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. So, hello, okay. Tex and the BPL. I found the BPL through your early Tex Talks Battletech vids, and I think you had just put the catapult, loved him a lot, and then found and stayed for the Space Station 13 and other assorted video game nonsense. On a whim, I decided to seek out the way, and well, here I am in the dumpster fire of utter nonsense that is the Legion, and I'm loving every second of it. Great folks here. Much fun. Anyway, on to my questions for Tex, and I hope Goat as well. Yes. In my sci-fi game, a player referenced Dawson's Christian, and after explaining what it was to me, it has sent me on a week-long rabbit hole of listening to assorted filk music. My question is this. What is filk? When and where did it come from? How did you find your way into it? And how the hell can I find more? So, filk is a basic... Okay, it's... 
Thilk is a low, very low form of music, but it's also a very pure form of music. Basically, it's it dates back to like 1960s, 1970s when Star Trek fans or whoever would write music in like a kind of folk. It's very simple, just chords and instrument style music about science fiction or fantasy media. So it's very much associated with the old, old, old nerd culture. Old fandoms, yeah. Yeah, like like we call ourselves grognars but we're talking like proto proto like yeah. gary Gygax era people um but it, it can expand to a lot of other things i mean leslie fish has written who's one of the main um most well-known folk artists has written songs about you know political stuff for uh flight 93 during 9-11 um folk can be about anything but at its core it's a very simple um musical style that's associated with uh western nerd culture i guess is the yeah. easiest way to put it it's 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 like sea shanties for nerd cons from yeah. the 60s is the best way i can describe it yeah it's something everyone knows the words to but not a lot of people if you're outside that group you don't know what it is yeah and so he goes on to say leslie fish seems to be the biggest name on the scene and i love her work is there anywhere to seek out more modern film music that's a good question because uh, I, I know the great Luke Ski was another guy who was active in the early 2000s. He did the Ballad of Optimus Prime and some other stuff. So he's very 80s kind of inspired. Um, Dr. Domeno used to play him. Um, and yeah, he, he asked, is Phil more stuff like that or a periphery Dixie and battle him and the, him and the mech warrior also banned from cargo? Sort of, but Phil doesn't have to be derivative like uh, those songs of mine that you referenced are. No, they, they can, I mean, shit, all it really has to do is, I mean, in, in many ways, there were, you, if, I would also incur, well, I would say that a lot of the Filk stuff from Tolkien, you know, because I've heard, you know, like the Ballad of Bilbo Wagons yeah. and stuff like that, that's Filk. And that was sung by Leonard Nimoy. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there is a lot of stuff out there like fan music from Tolkien and earlier eras. Um, yeah, um, I'm going to look it up, but... The Phil community is still active. I haven't really reached out to it in much in particular. I know the Ohio Valley Filk Festival is a thing, and I was planning on attending, but they canceled it due to you know COVID. But let me we'll, we'll circle back to this because I'm going to look up. Um, I think there's a Tumblr that covers it, and it's a good resource to look into more. I remember seeing it a while back, but I don't remember the name. Oh, sure, no problem. I. I will continue reading. He says, my second question, and please skip it if it's too long or you run out of time, is related to tabletop RPGs. Deeming question specifically, I've been a player in many systems over the years. My first RPG being a time of war with a GM I hope to one day be half as good as. I am currently DMing a 5e game for some Legionnaires and it is going well. But I have my reserves about my abilities. My question is more of a solicitation for advice. As Grognard's both old and young, what would be your advice to a new DM still nervous that he is now the controller of the game? I want to make sure everyone is having a good time and would appreciate any advice you have for people thinking or taking up the DM role or have and are still shaky. Anyways, that's my bit. Thanks for reading and answering my questions. Praise Zorgan Hill Cargonia, Doctor Who of the BPL. Um, I would say... If you're nervous, talk to your players. Say, hey guys, honest criticism. How am I doing? And solicit that at the end of every single 
uh, session. Find out where you are weak. Find out where you are strong. Find out where you can add. Find out where you can grow. And ask your players what they're looking to get out of the game. That's one of my big ones. Is Okay, well, what would your player do in this situation? What would your player do in this situation? What would your player do in this situation? Find out things they can jump off from and then just push them toward it. And you'll find the players really have a lot of fun. I, I, I find that that generally works for the most part anyways. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but getting back to the Filk thing, look up Filk, yeah, Filk.tumblr.com or just Google Filk Tumblr. That's a good starting point. They uh, go over what it is and there's a lot of links to, you know, uh, uh, other resources for that community. And once you find a rabbit hole in these communities, they just tend to go on and on and on and on. So next, from Drift Pirate, on the topic of underrated films, when people ask me, what kind of movies do I like? My answer is 12 Monkeys, Das Boot, and The Sting, to name a few. And I get either a what or a wow answer. What does the BPL think of these? Those, those are all great movies. Yes. Um, what? 12 Monkeys. Das is, Boot. Yeah. And no. All right. Never well, heard of them. We will educate you. I, too, am a USAF maintainer named Nick and have two questions for Mr. Nick, who is not here, sadly. Uh, what plane do you fly and do you work on an ACFT carrier? He might get a chuckle out of that. He would he would tell you if he was here, but he is not. So I will not be able to answer that for him. You guys are awesome and are getting me through some tough times, not being able to hang out with my local grognards due to work schedule. You have inspired me to run a Battletech, a time of war, total warfare campaign, which is going well. And I thank you for that. A fellow grognard in front of the Legion signed Drift Pirate. Next. Hello, Texan guests. I once had an idea for a video game set in the Shadowrun universe. Uh-oh. Now I can involve GOAT. Yes. The premise was you play as a fixer, and you were given a list of possible Shadowrunners and a list of jobs for them to do. And once you build the team and assign them a job, a timer would start for the job commencing. During that time, you could spend it on various tasks to help them out, such as gather intel or bribe someone for access, smooth-talking employee, etc., etc. What are your thoughts on a game like this? Is there anything you would like to see or a scenario that would interest you? I like it, though I think one of the things you should keep in mind is that uh, usually fixers go one of two ways. Either they just arrange for the meet with Johnson and they step away and get their payment. And maybe they help the runners if Johnson decides to, you know, backstab the runners, which I think is an overused uh, thing in general. But when fixers tend to do like mission control shit like that, they tend to get very hands-on and micromanage it. And runners being runners, they tend to resent that or, you know, try to screw them over or uh, get an extra bit of pay out of it. You know, maybe steal some more shit, which uh, is carries more risk because they're taking more time or yeah. opening themselves up for retribution or well, yeah, they, they, they'll, they'll go off plan. Yeah. And, so you also yeah. have to babysit your runners like, no, stop stealing all the, all the guards, guns, HDR is on its way. Yeah. 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 Or dude, you guys have five minutes. You can either take what the guy paid you for or try to open that safe deposit box and get murdered. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I I think that'd be an interesting thing. Thanks for that question, Santhar. I mean, that'd be a fun game, kind of kind of running the teams. Kind of like, what's the name? SWAT. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. From Bogan, have heard your panel of esteemed guests talk quite a bit about both movies and tabletop RPGs. My question is about a rather odd expansion of the Wizards of the Coast put out years ago for 3.0, namely the Starship Troopers D20 version. What? 
Yep. This is an official product, and oddly one I've never heard anyone talk about. Hmm. I've never been able to get anyone to run it, mainly because when I did play D&D 3.0, people looked at the system and complained about how lethal it was. So my question is, what would you think of a Starship Troopers as a setting? Would any of you run it? I would say get a name generator ready. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Johnny 40 dead. Uh, yeah, get a name generator ready and uh, just get ready to have some uh, have a blast just going through characters. If it's if it's based off the book, it would be great. If it's based off the movie, I would weep tears. Yeah, uh, it needs just, to be the book. I just play only war if you're going to base it off the movie. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> if you're going to base <laughs> it off the movie, it's like, all right, let's put these football pads and run out here with these. Ah! Ruger AC five five sixes with all the plastic on them, and let's let's just Get shoot it CG <laughs> stuff. CGI bugs. Yeah, yeah. Starship Troopers is one of the only few books that I actually read, and uh, it it would be a shame if they didn't use that yeah. material. Power armor, nuclear attack rockets, mm. drop pods, FTL fighting aliens, nineteen fifties. Yeah. Yes. First depiction of power armor, I think. One of them. And also drop pods and yes. doctrine. And everything. Yeah. Well, uh, I wonder what 40K got all that idea. Oh, yeah. surely they invented it. Uh, yes. Oh, of course th- they did. That, yeah, that, w- that would be weird if they just took it from Starship True. That, no, that and would then, be weird. No one would do that. Unless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Tech's been loving your whiskey-soaked voice content for some time. Look forward to more of your Battletech lore video and love the skits you guys do at the end of the lore videos. Was wondering what the music from Steiner's Scout skits is makes me laugh every time I watch it and I listen to it for some appropriate scouting music. It's just Deutschland über alles. It's Deutschland über alles. It's the German national anthem. It's, yeah, it's the German national anthem, but it's done in a more German it's, polka style. It is It is a beer hall polka. Yeah. yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Honestly, I think that is, they should just take, like, they should play the, you know, the the orchestral version at, like, big meetings and stuff, but I think it would be great if they're, like, doing whatever, like, form of government. I don't know their government that well. Like, they have their big meeting and everyone's, like, acting serious and then you hear... And they all pick up steins, and, yeah. and everyone yeah, like business suits are like like singing along to it. Yeah, yeah. just every once in a while they just bust it out because they but, think it'd be not, fun. But not the Uberales version. No, 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 no. no. not yet. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> give it time. They have to solidify their hold over the EU. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you, if you use a tank, everyone hates you. If you use a bank, you are everyone's friends. <laughs> um. So Both yeah, world wars for nothing. Yeah. So, after the podcast, I got to thinking, and I think Dune was the first sci-fi I read, too. I need to go back and read it again. What really got me into my 100-plus books a year habit and into the world of fantasy sci-fi game lit was Monster Hunter International. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. It seems like your kind of book. Oh, is that the one that was written by a canon? I don't know. I read part of the first book, and I I thought it was okay, but I didn't... Yeah, it says it's a monster story written by a gun, not... Yeah, I... I don't. I. I think either you would like it because they actually go into like gunsmithing design, or you'd be like, "Oh no, this guy doesn't know enough," and you just get bored of it. I thought it would be cool to send to give to like, uh, what's what's the word? Young adult yeah. age literature, which is mm-hmm. aimed towards like what sixteen year olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they call it young adult then, but uh, driving age literature. Yeah, I guess. 
That's a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah, so it says we used to give out paperbacks to new guys at the gun shop like we were a cult. I have a digital copy I can send you if you'd like. The author is anidrm if that matters to you. I do only Kindle now. I got tired of moving physical books around. You guys are killing it with a podcast, by the way. Thanks. It'll have to do some voice things sometimes. As soon as I can think of a not dumb question, sign Grumpy. Uh yeah, I'll take a copy of that. And and also you can just write out a, write out your question. Oh, all right. Just write your question out, Grumpy, and then just yeah, write it, it out and then say it, and yeah. then you can do it in a funny voice if you want. You can yes. be like, "I am Kalchakula." Yeah, I am Stagger in every game. <laughs> At uh, some point, he does devolve into Kalchakula. Stagger likes to play two types of characters: murder hobos. No, no, no. I was no. He likes to play Dick Wizard, murder hobos, or strong retards. Correct. And in Dark Heresy, he did both at the same time. Which was amazing. Yep. All right. <laughs> from from Bogan. I'll keep this one short as working security. I have long hours and way too many random questions. If I ever send too many, feel free to ignore them. Best casting in a movie that you didn't expect. Mine would be Digger Harkness, a.k.a. Captain Boomerang and Suicide Squad, being the arguably only good thing about that movie. Okay, best surprise casting. That's a good one. Well, I I think uh, John Goodman in uh, Cloverfield Lane, uh, mainly because I went into that uh, like I went to a dollar theater to see that. I think yeah, it was a dollar theater. We went to go see that, and uh, like we had no expectations of the movie. We're like, oh look, John Goodman's got to get his paycheck or whatever. That's what we thought. And it was great. Uh, he plays the character so well. It's a great movie up until the very end. I think uh, it needs to just be edited where it isn't in the Cloverfield universe, and it because it stands out on its own just fine. The one, the one that I think that actually surprised me because I didn't actually see many of the previews at all mm. before I went to go see the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, at all, which was crazy because it was on everywhere. But I was working a lot. Um, but when I, I when you have Hugo Weaving as Elrond. Yeah, I was like Agent Smith is Elrond, and, 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 and that's all I could think of. I never thought of it that way. But he was so good. Yeah, he he was really good as Elrond. I, I was oh, like, yeah, great surprise, uh, care, uh, like role for a movie. We watched that uh, Angel Fallen or whatever yeah. with with. Uh, oh yes, yeah, and, and they had Nick Nolte as Angry Grandpa. That we was so good. That was the best part of the whole movie. We, we wanted have, to see a whole movie about Angry Grandpa. Yeah, because uh, what's his name? Uh, he's geriatric Nolte. no no the other guy the main character oh god yeah uh, he is like uh gerard butler they're like yeah gerard butler is a great action hero he looks like he eats too many cheeseburgers before he does his takes he he looks uncomfortable yeah i know that they were like let's make him look old for this movie but it's like you didn't have to try very hard the dude's old yeah it's well, fine a lot of action guys are like in their 40s and stuff and, he, and when you see him fall down you're like oh no i hope he's okay yeah I, whenever i see an old man hit the ground like in like an action movie and he gets up like it wasn't a big deal i'm like no. They were like, no. There, there, there was like 30 minutes of ice packs. Replacement. Help, Help. The machine gun is loud. <laughs> they break their fucking spine tying their shoes. Like, I mean, you get to that age, it just happens. It's fine. But like when you see an action movie and Bruce Willis, who's like 85 years old now, jumping through <laughs> jumping yeah. through glass and shit, and he's just like, I'm on vacation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think they're also trying to appeal uh, to people that grew up with those movies. I know, I know, but when I look at the Expendables, when you look at the Expendables... They all look like they had skin grafted onto them. It's so weird. I think they did. I I think they went to, like, a third world country (laughs) and they're like, give me the skin of a young man. Yeah. Uh, That'll be $2,000, senor. 
And I know Bruce Willis is not 85. I am joking. That is the joke. What are you afraid? He's going to come here and beat you up? No, I'm not afraid of that at all. That Mike actually... has a pathological fear of like middle-aged no, just... bald white guys who are like in okay shape like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> They did. He's right. I do. No, uh, no, I'm not afraid of uh, Bruce Willis. It's more like just people who are like, well, actually, he's like, you know, 62 or whatever the fuck his age is. Too old to be in gunfights. Yes. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. If, if you got arthritis, don't be in a gunfight. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. Hi, Tex. I've been plowing through the podcast the last few days, and I love the passion and sheer fun you guys show. My neighbors probably think I'm crazy from all the maniacal laughter. As with your videos, please keep up the good work. On to the questions. Clan Snack Cobra. I hope I spelled snack right, as it should rather be Cobra. It was a slip of the tongue, which has become a rather small meme unto itself. I want to paint a small camo force for them as op for for a scenario. What would be the camo spec for these dudes? Real tree. Real <laughs> tree. And hunter orange. <laughs> hunter orange. <laughs> would, and they all have to wear like Cobra Commander helmets. Any? Or, or have them wear those, uh, what do you call those, like tan coats. You know what I'm talking about In, though, right? Any, yes, any camo you can buy at walmart yes it's a real tree duck dynasty camo dynasty (laughs) have have their atlas wear wear oakley's as well oh of course the the most intimidating oakley's you can find (laughs) yeah they're all bushnells guys yeah they they are (laughs) yeah so it says second question has anyone made fluff for them yet no but on the everything battletech discord they made another clan that was like a side clan of them and it was like clan tabasco cram (laughs) that's pretty good (laughs) that's good merely man um yeah, it says, B.S., if you're ever looking for great crossover fan fiction, check out Hunted Tribes on fanfiction.net. It involves the fleet from Battlestar Galactica meeting Clan Wolverine. Oh, no. I, I, I'm a little suspect on that. I, I wonder how much fucking's in it. There's got to be. You go on fanfiction.net, fanfiction. it's pretty much yeah. just like, all right, which porn would you like to wa- read? I'm like, uh, no, thank you. And, and it says, you guys are legends, signed William Bitche, because uh, it's B-E-E-T-G-E. That's how I'm pronouncing it. But he said, try and pronouncing your surname, B-E-E-T-G. I'm saying Bitche. Beach. Beach? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, Mike, give it a uh, try. No, Billy B. That's what I'm going to call him. Billy B. Yeah, I All like right. that. That's a good one. That's a good street name. Billy B. What's up, man? Billy B. Can I get some of that crack rock? <laughs> Yeah, that actually no it that would totally be in like uh one of those uh Petey Wheatstraw Petey Wheatstraw Yeah, it's yeah. that's a, Billy B sounds like he'd be in Petey Wheatstraw in a heartbeat. Is that one of those eighty things? No, no it's more like seventies, black exploitation, Petey Wheatstraw, the devil's son in law. The devil's son in law. Yeah, no that I got I got Maddie's Guardian the whole Petey Wheatstraw <laughs> He probably loves it. Oh, I'm I'm sure he watches it in his jammies. <laughs> Hey, fellas, shit's getting crazier out there, and I hope y'all are staying safe. Love the content that y'all make, and I'm hoping to hear a Text Talks Battletech vid on the Marauder soon enough. Yes. I got two questions, so I'll try to keep them brief. One, the generosity of grognards getting fellow nerds into the settings they love is fairly legendary. I posted some Battletech fan art, and not an hour later, an old Facebook friend messaged me and says, you want a fucking direwolf, son? (laughs) And basically sent me my own starter box of mechs to paint and play tabletop with. I wanted to know if y'all had experienced similar generosity, either on the giving or receiving end. In Battletech, 
Yes. Battle tank people, if you show up to a battle tank game and you're like, I'm thinking of getting it. Here's your mechs. It, it, I mean, it, every battle tech group I've ever run into has been super generous, super willing to coach people through the game, super willing to help people, yeah. always want to teach people, always want to show the lore, da, da, da. If, if you show up to a 40K game and you're like, oh, what do you pay? Get the fuck away. Like, the, the 40K guys are like, I'm playing. This is a tournament game. It's, it's very, like, fuck off. But... Battle tank, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. My first army was given to me, Aww. and and I I I've, yeah, I've I yeah, I that feel like happen. that's I feel like that's incredibly kind too, especially if you have somebody who wants to get into it, and you have all these extra mechs that you're know, like, here, just use these mechs, and you don't have to give them or give away your mechs, but you allow people to play the game with you. That's that's an incredibly kind and generous thing, and and especially with a community. Well, if you a community has to keep itself. Yeah. afloat it has to propagate its own existence and I Other, could, otherwise if it becomes predatory or yes. angry toward outsiders you, you never get new blood or the new blood you get is not what you want well and i can understand why the 40k guys might be like get away from me it's because their mechs or their fucking pieces probably cost them like their entire salary well yeah uh, some 40k armies are actually worth their weight in silver yeah so I'd, i i can kind of see why they don't want to do it but i mean why play a game that's just mean well, yeah. Just if, play nice games. Th- there's like a play. wonderful quote by a Russian philosopher. Well, you have to be mad. Why He's you, on the game. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, can, you can buy four mechs and play Battletech yeah. and never buy any more mechs. Yeah. And you, you cannot buy four models and play 40K. Custodies. Oh, okay. I did scratch that back. <laughs> However, those four models will cost you. Yeah, I know. They'll Look, cost you, <laughs> your kidney. If you yeah. go into Battletech and you, you only have like four, you are only able to get four mechs, just be that guy who shows up in the battle like, ha ha, we're here to finally fuck you up. And even if they blow you away, just be a menace and keep returning to every battle. My my favorite was... <laughs> You're like, no. how do you guys keep showing up? We blew you up last time. We're like, yes, but we... That's straight- what we wanted you to <laughs> think. <laughs> we're Steiners. <laughs> Send in the next wave. Yeah. <laughs> They're the same mechs. No. I can only afford four atlases. Is that enough? They're like, oh my God. Yeah. Uh, episode eight of the BPL podcast featured tanks waxing poetic about why large influxes or, or influxes of tourists can be bad for a community, space station 13 or a local restaurant. It reminded me of another poetic narrator by the name of Garrison Keeler, who's one of my favorites. Describing the goings-on at Lake Wobegon on the Prairie Home Companion radio show, probably one of the last bastions of old-fashioned radio. Has Tex or anyone in the BPO considered putting out a collection of creative narration, something separate from the Battletech stuff that takes a listener on a journey? Yes, we're working on one. We're working on one. You hear that, Shotgun Bill? You hear that? Somebody wants you. All right, we've been trying to get Shotgun Bill to talk about... Uh, anything, anything, because he's got a great voice. He does. Uh, but for one game in particular, uh, and he knows what I'm fucking talking about. He's not going to listen to this. I know he doesn't. He doesn't no. listen to anybody. But you know, it, look, if Shotgun Bill could get his YouTube together, he would be a great lore master. Yeah, he, he would, would. He would be excellent. He at would. It. Yeah. It's not just the voice; it's also the way he tells the story, and he knows how to do that. He's a nice guy. Too. Yes. So he says, "Love what you guys do. You're a reminder that people can still be genuine in a world of commercial fakery and influencer bullshit. Stay cool, and I hope to run into you guys sometimes on MechWarrior Living Legends. Thanks, signed Reagan. Pronounced like the president, but without the Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> wow." <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, what, I, I've been told I actually do a pretty good Reagan impersonation. No. Okay. <clears throat> when you take a bicycle pump, oh my and god, you put it outside, <laughs> and lightning strikes the owl, you know you're in America. Sir the Ford Torino is the best way to deal with communism. Do you want this gift card or not, sir? Candy corn is the cornerstone of American values. <laughs> Say it's, can you say it's morning in America? It's morning in America. <laughs> that's that's the only that's the only president I know how to imitate. That, well, no, I, I can do a W because I'm from Texas. Yes, because it'd be like, <laughs> hold on, yeah, I, I declare a war on terror. <laughs> you'd always do that laugh but squint you yeah know? it's partly because he's nervous as shit yeah yeah he's, he was a nervous guy yeah dick cheney's just off frame no well dick cheney's, dick cheney's that's just, where the strings are yeah. yeah dick cheney's just staring at him and he's just like <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> no dick cheney's staring at him and having an eighth heart attack yeah. <laughs> he's like i don't know if he's mad at me or if he's dying over there <laughs> no, he's I, always I, dying over there yeah, yeah. I, I just i did my dad said I could be president. <laughs> <laughs> Not you, Jeb. <laughs> Never Jeb. <laughs> Jeb. Uh, All right. So so from Logan, hearing you guys shit on the new 40K lore because it's questionable at best writing. I'm curious if you've read much of the Horus Heresy series. Yeah, I stopped at a certain point. It's almost like they got horrible. <laughs> They got mediocre. No, it no, it, it was like we're gonna do a book every few months because we have these artists working on them, and then they were like, "What if we wrote eight times as much?" That was the problem. Yeah. So well, that in ruining the mystique, but we talked about that. Yeah, we we've talked about that. There is a book in the series by Gav Thorpe that presents a scenario that makes far more sense than Call Sinkhole they created. In Deliverance Lost, the Emperor charges. Uh, yeah, the Emperor charges Korax with the same mission Robute gave Call, improve upon the Astartes. Through many trials and failures, some of which survive through the heresy, eventually Korax leaves to finish his work outside the shithole that is the Imperium. What are your guys' thoughts on this? I How thought he did it out of repentance because he felt bad that he made all these horrible, muty Astartes that died. Yeah, how do you, how do you feel if it was Corvus Corax that came back from exile with the new Astartes instead of calls Mary Sue Su Now, if, hang on, if if Corax comes back, but he has these new specimens that are all warped and fucked up and shit, but they're still you know like Legion of the Damned, but like more material, and we start going into the Emperor having a a warp presence and the Emperor being the new warp entity god or whatever, that would actually be interesting. Yeah. That would require like uh writing creativity. Yeah. Yep. It it would. Not just space marine, but but bigger and you have to buy new trucks for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big primaris marine they don't fit in the rhino, they're too big. We have two more questions. Or no, oh. not two more questions. We have two more pages. We've gotten through twenty eight pages of questions. Well, let's nice. finish it up. Let's finish it. Sardis is also one of my favorite Ninja Turtles. I just wanted to point that out. That's a good one, Mike. Yeah. So hello, Tex and others. Sardis <laughs> is my favorite Sumerian goddess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hello, Tex and others, two questions. Tex, I recently listened to your podcast where you uh, mentioned both Tank Knights and your gunsmith apprenticeship. I know you're a history buff, but nothing is like firsthand experience. How would a question like an apprentice master compare to the Squire Knight relationship that would appear in Tank Knights as the skills to maintain an armored vehicle would most likely pa be passed down in a similar fashion? 
You know, that is a good question. I, I think you could do some of that. And that's kind of covered in a canical for Leibowitz, which is a, uh, a, a wonderful book. It's, it's a, it's, it's, it's where the mechanicus was ripped off from. Yeah. Well, it, if you start reading actual books outside of like 40 K, which I, most 40 K people are like, have you read this 40 K book? I'm like, have you read books out of 40 K? Cause if you read Dune, Starship Troopers and mechanical for Leibowitz, you have three quarters of the Imperium right there. Yeah. Like, out of those three books, they ripped three quarters of the Imperium out. They ripped the rest off of history. Yeah. And and so, I, um, I, I, a canical for Leibowitz pushes down the notion of a nuclear brotherhood. How do you keep intelligent people and learning and engineering knowledge alive through a nuclear holocaust? And it touches on that. It's a beautiful fucking book. Yeah. And so you find that um, you you could pass down knowledge, especially yeah. with machines. Um, as as long as they were maintained, everything should work just fine. Yeah. And and machines will eventually grow and evolve and change as designs get better and things get you know things progress and that knowledge can then be passed down because if you're having someone apprentice under these people they're going to see this happen and learn from it right and we you know the modern militaries um have you know standards and uh a uniform law which i'm sure most of these orders would have so if you're going to have somebody be an apprentice under one of these knights, they would know, though. They would learn yeah. through like their own, like air quotes, basic training on how all this is supposed to play out. Well, right. And it's 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 one of those things where, you know, you'd have tradition that was followed yeah. by certain orders. Like, this is how we make our armor, and this is how we make our shells. Like, and blo- like blood-bonded ritual stuff, but it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. taken really seriously. Yeah, that would be interesting, though. Because yeah. I, I think Tank Knights would be a beautiful post-apocalyptic game, yeah. where it's, it's, like, 500 years after the apocalypse. And you have this weird pseudo feudal setting where certain weapons have endured, but they're only handled by the noble gentry and not by the common people. Mm-hmm. And it's and I think the idea that I, I I would like to see in a game like that is where you have this order of knights and instead of them being like oh you have to go and uh through all these steps in order to become a knight it's like they have to experience something that makes them respect and understand the knightly order not just oh you did a ritual the ritual yeah. is you experience something that made you go i understand why we have to do this then you're going into more of a religious side too yes. oh, right but that could also work yeah I absolutely mean, so you take a, you, like you, take you have a monastic up. order yes. that, that passes down these traditions yeah if we're going to yeah. have something where straight yeah. up knowledge and the ability to use it gets passed down then yeah there's going to be something because they'll they'll yeah. probably say like in their you know <laughs> tank night orientation <laughs> like uh anybody can use a machine but nobody can use a machine better than a tank knight. yeah right 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 yeah. right and and it's it's from all that monastic knowledge that they keep secret from outsiders you know that's as much what, as they can well as much as they can they'll say shit like what happens when your tank breaks down and they're charging you uh like uh, yeah you stab them in the face yeah yeah like we have we have our own training for a reason uh, imagine like the tank breaks down and a bunch of like these unwashed mutant hordes or whatever run up and the guy gets out in a full fucking chain mail with his yeah. hander. yeah yes yeah. that would be excellent and, and his brace of glocks yes <laughs> parry this you casual <laughs> <laughs> oh man i oh, like that i yeah. i like that the glocks are like the frontline defense and then oh they're too close time to get this vihander out yeah. <laughs> Well, of course. That's so good. Next question he asks is a very unique question. Okay. 
Others in text, what is your favorite type of gum? He says, mine is orange. Um, I I like the, the mint. Yeah, I was going to say, I like mint I a lot. I just like mint. Yeah. I'm more of a Tic Tac or mint guy. All right. Yeah, I, 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 I really like the Tic Tac gums or, I mean, like, just like the mints you, you suck on instead yeah. of chew. I, I don't like fruit gum because it just makes me feel... Like, I, I can have it occasionally, but I prefer mint. It, I, it feel like, like my teeth are dissolving when I eat those. Yeah. It's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like drinking Hawaiian punch. You're like, ooh. Yeah. And I can only chew gum for so long. I, it's just. Yeah. So yeah. he says, someone who picked a bad year to get their shit together signed meat check. So <laughs> thanks, bud. All right. That's uh, the perfect year to do that. Man, yeah. if you can get your shit together this year, you can do it anytime. Exactly. exactly. It's, it's like you, you're learning to drive in a fucking hailstorm. Like, I learned how to drive in a five foot uh, snowbank blizzard. Okay. That's where I learned how to drive. Uphill both ways. Not uphill, fortunately. It was just a straightaway and everyone around me was driving like nuts. I drove perfectly fine. Yeah. That's how you learn. And uh, in, the, in Ohio. Oh, hi. Yeah. Yes. So it says, hey, y'all, it's your boy, Mecha Salt Juvie, here to ask a random assistance for a D&D 5e campaign. I am homebrewing on Discord. A lot of my homebrew is influenced largely in part, not ripped off, from the Battletech universe, from setting my game on a corner kingdom bordering two vastly superior nations, to the ancient forgotten legends of a united world empire founded in mythology. My question isn't about fleshing out the world. Rather, it is how to get my players to pay unneeded amounts of gold on useless shit (laughs) i began the campaign at level one for the group unaware that all of them would have the equivalent of 500 gold or more in their inventory to remedy this i made a merchant who happens to be called discount dan that is willing to free them of such coin what items can i shill my players that would be magical but not too overpowering or useful so early in the campaign and set a reasonable price for such items oh well the answer here is you sell them promises like insurance yeah i uh, okay he said much thanks for the content and opinion signed vega but okay here's adventure and oh you oh i'm but then they go back it's like oh well if you read here the policy says it's not covered by you know uh boulder traps no even worse i would say they need permits to go places and and you need oh, oh yeah. you want to explore the the mines of the cell yeah. well you're gonna have to buy Deal, dlc it, it- <laughs> Yeah. You got to file it in triplicate. Oh, do, do, oh, do any you of your p- players know how to read a map? Do any of them have that skill? No. Well, you're going to need a map and a guide. Guess what? I can provide that to you for yes. of gold. Or you can go in there by yourself and see what the fuck and happens. Get lost. Even worse. Even worse. He, you're, you have the insurance thing, right? Yeah. Well, if you don't pay it, his bandits beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, uh, you know, go out in the woods. Maybe something happens. <laughs> it happens all the time out there. It's real dangerous, those woods. And, uh, you know, you're going after mummies. Mummies attack all the time. Yeah, mummies. And you see, like, these guys show up and they're dressed up like mummies. Yeah, they're just wrapped in fucking <laughs> Oh, rags. my God. They're like, oh, my so God. It's like, our, oh, our, you've entered the tomb of... Uh, Looks at paper. Donna sells the fourth. Yeah, we're going to beat you now. No, I, I like the idea of them showing up just like in mummy wrap. They're like, oh, no, it's brigands. like, no, I'm a mummy. Look at me. I got wrappings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a mummy. I'm going to get you with my mummy I'm, bat. My mummy curse, <laughs> which is uh, a bat to the gut. <laughs> Should have paid for that insurance. I'm afraid of it. Ooh. You know, <laughs> you know how mummies like to break knees. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, like you, you, you can sell magical items that um, have a limited time use on them, and they break. 
or oh they yeah have that's a that's a common one actually yeah or they have uh unintentional uh, they have uh side effects that aren't mentioned you know like just have them sell minor cursed items one of the favorite minor cursed items was the um the bag of endless bread rolls <laughs> so it's 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 a bag and they, he goes oh you don't ever have to have rations this rat this bag will provide all these rolls and so what you do is you have you you show the people the bag and he's like here everyone have a roll they have a roll it tastes perfectly fine and then like 10 minutes later he opens the bag again and it's full and people go wow an endless bag of bread rolls they buy it the curse has been lifted from the guy who had it which was discount <laughs> dan as soon as you buy it or get someone else to sell it the curse transfers mm. so here's here's how it works every 10 minutes roll 40 10 that's how many bread rolls show up so if it's 40 10 bread rolls the bag can only hold like 10 rolls so if it's 40 they come shooting out and spilling out you cannot be stealthy with this bag just <laughs> shitting out bread rolls leaving, a trail, yeah, leaving a trail of rolls everywhere if you fall asleep and that bag is on you you could die <laughs> yeah, it, now it, the trick here is you got to make it so they don't just murder hobo kill discount dan well of course of course but but that's that's the fun thing is yeah. you, you could say discount dan has like absolutely uh murked all the other uh merchants in the area i i like the idea it's like a it, it's like a ring it's like it, it allows you to uh communicate with animals they're all birds and we all know what birds do when they squawk hey girl you want some fuck they just go fuck 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 you just keep hearing that, and you're like, you can't take the ring off until sunset. Yeah, or, or for dogs, and dogs are just saying, hey, hey, yeah, hey. Exactly. Hey, they hey, don't, they you, don't say anything. Hey. How would you like this uh, ring of detect lightning? And it's a, and, and, no, even better, it's 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 limited. A staff of detect lightning. A staff of detect lightning, and it has a three-foot radius. Uh. And it goes, yep, that's lightning. <laughs> Staff of Detect Fire, it just bursts into flames. <laughs> Warning, fire nearby, you better run. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Good. I mean, minor cursed items are some of the funniest shit you can do. Like, um, I remember uh, DM tortured us with a rock that would, that was an, he called it the alarm rock. And he's like, you'll never sleep in, you know. And it was a rock that was like had a gas on it. So every time sunlight hit it, it'd be like, it's morning. It's morning. It's morning. It wouldn't stop. You had to cover it up. <laughs> it was, or, or just give them the bone saw. Uh, Look up Seth Skorkowski's. Seth Skorkowski's great. Yeah. Yeah. He said, P.S. You have my permission to shit on the Jihad. I stepped into Battletech through Mech Assault only to learn years later how rich the lore is. IMO, the second game did spin the narrative to be in line with the universe until Lost Mecha Spider Fight. That's just my opinion don't shoot me for it that's fine one last question hey bbl podcast haven't lost my brain yet but i live for danger have you heard of the game riffs <laughs> we, i think we covered this with stagger and no, someone else had a risk question oh no the company palladium made it it was the first tabletop i ever dm'd wow do you have any experience mm. with it and if so any tales to share okay look riffs is an acid dream and if just, you dm'd it then you're probably a better dm than all of us yeah because riffs is a jigsaw puzzle made out of other tabletop games <laughs> yeah. it, it is it is a patchwork quilt made out of stolen ideas and it's it's insane because you could be like i want to play a gladiator from the future who uses math as a power yep 
<laughs> yep. You can do that. <laughs> I want to fight in the multiverse versus which? Yes. They're, yeah. Yep. But they have the, the laser broom that... All- sure, no problem. Let me get the laser broom appendix. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it is the kitchen sink, as you said. That's a good one. Are we, so are we done? Are those all the written questions? That is all the written questions. Two things I have put off. Two things I have put off that I need to handle before we close this podcast. Okay. One, reminding people. From here on out, we're taking voice questions only. If you write in, I'm going to say go to the Anchor FM site and send your podcast questions there. That's where we're going to take them from here on out because reading all these is usually a huge chore because I have to format them, put them all in the thing and everything else. And it's like, no, we just want to have a thing where we can have at the end of a podcast, take a few questions in audio form and have three to four of them at the end of a podcast. You're making our lives so much easier. It it does. It's, It's so much easier. So the next thing, the next thing that's really, really fun, super duper fun, is I have two packages here from people who sent packages through my intermediary, Mr. Catch, who did drive all the way out here from location redacted to location redacted. And we told him where Cash is from. I know, but (laughs) we didn't tell him where he is. Right. So correct. So, so the pickup site and the drop off site, we believe me, we have a chain for this and we, we make sure that this is like a series of handoffs. So don't worry about it. So here we go. We have a package uh, from uh, where? Oh, shit. I opened it the wrong way. Um, let's see. This this is from Shane. Shane in Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm not going to say your last name. Shane sent us some awesome stuff, and it is models. And look at this. He made the USS Essence. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Look at that. It, yeah. I was playing around with it earlier. Do, 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 do. It's so good. All right. Fuck off, Florida. This is so oh, cool. Ryan. Oh, Ryan here. Oh, it's so cool. All right. And let's see what else he did. He's got a. Oh, cool. He's. Oh, it's a clan snack Cobra mech. It has. It has a uh, free man traveling on it. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's that's that's really cool. What kind of mech is it? Well, here's the problem. With that. <laughs> I think it's a Rakshasa, um, which is the discount Mad Cat that, okay. is, that is not as good. I think that model is, but this is also in the new sculpts, so I'm not 100% on all the new yeah, sculpts. It does have like those King Crab pinchers on it. No, that's actually the newer style uh, weapon pods, but he, he he sent us a bunch of mechs and, and models and mm. stuff. I'm going to get a knife for the other package. Yeah, please do. It's on the mantle right there. Yeah. It's a little yellow thing on the in the middle there. Yeah, so we're we're sitting here by the fire, and it's all comfy, and we're opening these packages. And uh, God, he really packaged these well. Let's see. Oh, we got we got an Irby. Oh my God, it's 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 an Irby. And is this is this an Irby bobblehead? It it is, but it the base broke because the UPS. Um, that's amazing, though. Yeah, it's, no, it's amazing, and I is can it fix fixable? this. Oh okay. God, yes, this is fixed, dude. I'm a gunsmith. I I I will yeah, get out. It's fucking, a spring. You can get yeah, it. I I can. <laughs> there's this thing called glue. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll fix that. It's an Irby bottle head. For sniffing. Oh well, I clicked the wrong data came so glue. So um, yeah, here here we go. These are these are all really cool. I mean, this is really thoughtful. Thank so you. So this Shane. Next, next one comes all the way from the UK. From the UK. Yeah, it says Just read his CP first models. Yeah, from Hinkley, Leicestershire. 
Yeah. CPmodelsminiatures.co.uk. Oh, I think this guy had those made. Uh, no. He's he's a he's a modeler. Mm. Uh, if if this is the guy I'm thinking of, uh, we'll read the package. It says, let's see, CB models, da da da. Is yeah, War Games figurines to text the Black Pants Legion, and it doesn't say who paid for it, but I think I know who this is, and he'll probably chime in. But yeah, we got these a while ago, and we put off opening them because we were waiting to get enough questions, and we got way too many questions, and we got busy. Oh no, I know what this is. This is the Irby LAM. This is the Irby Land Air Mac. Why? Well, there's a, <laughs> a little piece of paper here. Let me unfold it. Yeah. Because I think it's a message. Hi, Tex. Fred Richards suggested you might be interested in having a look at some of our 15 millimeter figures. So I've included some of our modern infantry, which could be used in modern slash near future scenarios, and a selection of our new space ogres. Thanks for looking and hope they stir your interest in the scale. Best wishes and kind regards. Mark Dixon, CP Models. Oh, look, it's the Homeworld ship. Oh, it is? Yeah, holy crap. This, this, there's the Irby lamb. And what, what else? Oh, what's in here? Oh, no, I know what this these one are, is. These are, I think these are pewter. These are like smaller, these are like old fashioned style, early sized minis. Yeah, but those are awesome. And yeah, what, what's the name of that company again that, that sent those out? Because, uh, CP oh, hold on, I, I've got a handful. It, it was here. CP Modeling, right? C yeah. What what kind of models are they? Yeah, open them up. T take a look. We got uh, we got. It's like semi-futuristic modern soldiers. Hmm. Cool. Check it out. Yeah, probably a thousand times cheaper than Games Workshop. Oh wow, those are really good sculpts. Yeah. I, oh wow, and they've got yeah. These are cool. These are really nice. These these would be good miniatures for like tabletop. Yeah, and I I dig the pewter. These are like North FC uh, models, but future. Yeah, but that's awesome. Yeah. That, no, that, they're like these very grungy, like British redneck looking motherfucker, British hooligan looking motherfuckers. Oh, you mean like uh, 40K ones in the 80s? Yes. All right. So cool retro shit. I like it. All right. All right. Yeah, that's, those are the packages. And I think, is this an Irby? No. Uh, I can't yeah. tell if this is broken or. No, no. It, it, it. They, if they're metal, they'll uh, they'll go together. Let's see. Oh no, that's that's just a model in pieces. Oh, those, okay. those are the upper torsos. Yeah, that's oh they, yeah, that's for like tank commanders. Ah, uh, yeah, you know. So yeah, that's pretty fucking cool. This really nice of you. Look, it's the Arrow Four Irby. Excellent. It it has the big rocket for bang boom. The Irby bobblehead though. That's yeah, too cute. That is that is too cute. I oh there's there's a note in here. Hold on. Tex, care of the BPL. Tex, thank you for your kind words that have exchanged in emails before and all of the content that you and the rest of the Legion produced during the summer. It really meant a lot to someone like me that doesn't have a lot of social interaction on any given day and very little in the way of support structure. Knowing that I could look forward to an episode of Starless Skies on Mondays, podcasts, or lately Homeworld. Enclosed, you'll find some of the various Battletech items I hope you'll enjoy to a mad cat that is literally a catapult with Marauder arms bolted on. That is too fucking That's fun great. he did that. Because I was like, is that a Rakshasa? No, he did the he did the sketchy robot, which, yeah. which I think is great. Hey, Discount Dan here. Yeah, <laughs> Do I, I, I have a mad cat for you? I just love it. Um, 
I figure anyone loves an Irby could use a nuclear Irby, the Arrow 41 there. A physical model of Catalyst April Fool joke, the LAM Irby, right over there. And an Irby bobblehead. Also, you'll find models of the Antares class USS SS for your Star Trek game and a model of the Kushan mothership. If you don't mind taking a question for the podcast from Physical Mail, I'd love to hear your response to receiving this just to get confirmation they did arrive intact. They have. Also, I'd love to hear more about the fountain pen. It's 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 a cheap, it's a lammy. It's 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 I for fountain pens they're gonna break. Um, I, I have a Mont Blanc at work. Mont Blanc. No, it's that's that's the one I use for just you put it in your suit and don't use it. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a huge collection. He says he has a small collection. Never run into anyone who just uses one that doesn't have a dozen. Personally, I'm partial to pre nineteen ninety seven Schaefer pens. Okay, those are good. And Noodler's inks. Those are also really good inks. They don't smear or run. They're, they're quite water resistant. Uh, thanks again for all the content, whether it be you and Mike streaming on the Courtesy Flush, a collection of legionnaires on the podcast, a graduate thesis on Battletech, or just your ramblings when you pilot a space train across the Victorian skies. Toot toot. It's okay to use my first name. Signed, Shane. Thank you for this letter, Shane. Yeah. It was received and well. And all of these fine gifts will go into my display box I have in my window that I look at on occasion when I go, am I doing the right thing? And all these mechs and stuff look back and go, keep doing what you're doing or I'll fucking kill you. Fuck up. Yeah, they do look quite angry. Yeah. But no, this is all really fucking cool. Yeah. Consign this empty box to the flames. Yes. For Zorg. Praise Zorg. Let's hear it. Whoa. Whoa. We're going to put this into the fire that we have going on. Let's see if I manage to not... And that you throw it in there and back. it bounces back out. Yeah, on fire. Uh. Oh, and goat this one too. Here. Oof, yeah, it's... <laughs> By these flames, I think we should end this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for all the wonderful questions. And thank you, Goat and Mike, for joining us. Absolutely. Until next time, folks, stay safe. Be happy if you can. And always shoot Capellans. <laughs>